and boom goes the dynamite. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's the SoCo Sports Show. Uh, we're here for week 12 and 13 of the NFL season. This, of course, is Coco Rabbit, and I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. <laughs> Seth, uh, you know, there are weeks when uh, I'm a really big fan of the NFL, and I love it, and uh, then there's this week. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wonder why. I mean, the Vikings didn't lose this week. Uh, I mean, they didn't play, but they didn't lose. So, I mean, I had a pretty good week. I'm sure you fucking did. Um, yeah, this it was an interesting it was an interesting week because I we'll get into this. But to me, like I came into this this week, week 12, and I looked at the schedule and I said, okay, here's an opportunity for a lot of the teams that are cur- currently in like a second tier to elevate themselves by being by beating a good team this week. And all of those teams got fucking throttled. Like <laughs> all that we learned this week is that there is an upper echelon in the NFL and then a bunch of crap. And that yeah. was just like cemented this week with a lot of the uh with a lot of the games that we're gonna get into. But it was um <laughs> similar to our similar to like are the fantasy football league that you and I play in like the cream has risen to the top and everyone else is irrelevant, like really (laughs) early. And it's very weird to see. Um, of course in our fantasy league, I am, I am in the cream. Um, I am the cream. So I'll be heading to our fantasy playoffs, but that's that's neither here nor there. And I know that's going (laughs) to seem like an overtly self-serving thing to mention, even though we never really talk fantasy, but I need something to be happy about this. I was going to say you need something, (laughs) but, and actually too, I I mentioned that like the Vikings didn't lose, but a lot of things went their way (laughs) this week to help them out in their positioning, uh, Packers losing, uh, Panthers losing. I mean, a lot of those, the teams close to them, minus the, the Seahawks. I almost said Seagulls. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> the Seagulls. Minus the Seahawks, which they play on Monday night. So um, that that right there, too, could, you know, is, is a big game. But, um, yeah, all, a lot of teams lost that the Vikings needed to lose, and inclu- including the Packers for a potential uh, division-winning game uh, in a few Mondays from now. So a lot of good stuff for the Vikes this week. I'm pretty happy. Now they got to perform this week. Yeah, I'm glad you're happy, you piece of shit. Um, do, <laughs> yeah, do, and the Rams losing. I forgot about that. Do we have a Do we have a tweet? Uh, sure do. Iron Sheik. All right, let's do this. I call you a punk. <sighs> well, this is man, gonna be. Hey, I. You know. You know what? We're not doing this. I call you a punk. <laughs> I know what you, I know, I knew from your fucking sigh, I know what that tweet is going to be about, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, guess what? Iron Cheek has a favorite quarterback. He already tweeted about him once this season. Iron Cheek says, the Lamar Jackson, the Iron Sheik class. So we know that the that Lamar Jackson is the best football football player in the NFL. All right, I guess, I guess I'm done with the Iron Sheik then. I guess that's what happens now. Uh, we, we don't listen to him anymore. <laughs> Uh, I, I am not surprised. There, were, Twitter was uh, was ablaze with Lamar Jackson takes uh, on Monday night, so I am not surprised that the Sheik weighed in. Um, but uh, also, eat shit, cheeky baby. That's what I say. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> you had to, you had to do it, didn't you? Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com/soco. Hit the link in the description box and get thirty days of Audible in your first book for free. Free. Mathis Designs. You can find Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationary and graphic design needs. Paid. 
And of course, Mike's Wood. You can find Mike on Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed to get your woodworked. <sighs> there you go. Uh, one more sponsor to give a shout out to. Let's kick it over to previously recorded Cocoa Rabbit for a bit more. All right, great stuff there. Uh, if you guys want to help us out on Audible, or uh, sorry, on Anchor, uh, head over there and you can become a contributor. I want to give shouts out to Jared B, Mike V, and Fuck You for being our our uh, contributors so far. Uh, if you don't want to be a contributor or can't, uh, just keep clicking on these episodes. That helps us out a lot. So we appreciate you. Um, and if it sounds like I'm generally disinterested and in a bad mood uh, from, uh, from the way I sound for, through my sponsors. Um, I'm about to explain to you why. Let's get into this week's recaps. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? Okay. Real, real, real quick, you know, it's funny is I think I need to stop talking about, uh, you know, what, what's, what happened on Monday and about Lamar Jackson, because, uh, right after I said something that there's a flash of lightning and thunder which it's almost december here in iowa so for that to happen it's pretty rare <laughs> so um I, i'm just gonna i'm gonna say uh lamar jackson uh you're you're good and and the rams i'm sorry yeah well the problem with that and we'll get into this later is uh whenever someone suggests that jackson should be the mvp over russell wilson god gets angry and tries to kill us with love. <laughs> so that's that's probably what you're experiencing um, and there's a lot of that going on this week, so we're, uh, don't worry, we're going to get to that. <laughs> um, let's start with our Thursday night football game. So this this was a big game in the AFC South. Uh, we had Houston hosting, hosting the Colts, and <laughs> both uh, both teams came in tied at 6-4. and four. So this was a game for first place in that division, and Houston comes out on top by a score of 20-17. to 17. So they advance to 7-4, and four. they jump up a game on the Colts. Uh, Deshaun Watson had 298 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. Uh, and then kind of a running back by committee. They had about 100 yards of uh, total rushing. Will Fuller was the top receiver. He had 140 yards, but DeAndre Hopkins had the two touchdowns. So uh, pretty good game for the Texans offense. For the Colts, uh, it was pretty, pretty anemic. Uh, Brissett had 129 yards. Uh, Jonathan Williams had a good game on the ground, though, 104 yards there. But they really just did not – to have scored 17 is impressive uh, for them in this game because <laughs> they had, like, no yards. Um, but mm-hmm. Houston comes out, and, and they pull out the victory here. And I think if you look at these two rosters side by side, I like more of the Colts roster uh, than I do the Houston roster. But Deshaun Watson was the difference maker here. Um, you know, all else the same, I would take Watson over Brissett. And that's pretty much how this game played out. Uh, nice bounce back from Houston after getting embarrassed last week by Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, bounce back. They they did win, of course, but they've done this all year. Where I, I've talked about it, where they've they've looked good in a game and then come back and and been terrible and and you know just kind of them up and down. I don't trust them as a as a playoff team. I I don't know. I I don't know if they still even win this division. I we. Well, they're in the the driver's seat right now, but you know the Colts could come back. We've seen you know a great play out of out of Tennessee recently, really great play out of Tennessee recently. So, um, you know, the, I still think that division is is pretty open. Uh, the Texans have let a lot of these games slip through their fingers. Some of these closer games too, or they've just been outright embarrassed in a few games. So, I, I don't trust really any team in this division. Um, I would probably say my favorite actually is Tennessee. I've having having seen them play lately. So. Um, in terms of the, these two teams, um, 
you know, again, Texans are too up and down for me. The Colts, I think, they're starting to get healthier. Uh, this is T.Y. Hilton's first game back. Uh, I know they got their guard Quentin Nelson back. Um, Marlon Mack is hurt, but you know I think he's going to be back in time for that. Uh, you know, a, a later stretch, maybe the last couple of games, and potentially in playoffs if they make it. So, yeah, like you said, I think I like the Colts better uh, as a roster, but Deshaun Watson is a difference maker. But as we saw against the the um, the, the Ravens, uh, Deshaun Watson is not a game changer like someone like Lamar Jackson you know he's a he's a difference maker but not someone who's gonna go out and win you every single game someone like a Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. yep yeah keep an eye on that AFC South I think that's going to continue to be interesting uh through the end of the season and the way the wild card is shaping up uh could see more than one team come out of that come out of that group we head now to Atlanta uh we had in a pretty much meaningless AFC South game uh, the Falcons played host to the Buccaneers. And as I predicted, uh, the Buccaneers came out and were pretty good in this. Uh, Jameis Winston had 313 yards. This is like his fifth straight game with 300 yards. Um, he had three touchdowns. He did have two picks, including one on his first throw of the game. So this is classic Jameis Winston. Hella yards, couple touchdowns, couple picks too. Uh, he leads the league in interceptions, I, I believe, right now. Um Chris Godwin, a monster game after he's had a quiet month. He had 184 yards and two touchdowns in this. Uh, on the Falcons' side, they were more the Falcons that we're used to seeing. Um, Ryan was okay, 270 yards, no touchdowns, but he threw a pick. And then Matt Schaub came in uh, to wrap this one up. But they got nothing on the ground. They had about 50 yards rushing. Um, Calvin Ridley had a touchdown receiving. But there just wasn't a lot of offense to go around here for Atlanta. Again, in a relatively meaningless game, um, you know, the Bucks put up points. I mean, this is what they do. They put up points against bad defenses, and um, they don't against good ones. So th- this is a game that, um, you know, doesn't carry a lot of weight in terms of the wider NFL, but it was probably a pretty entertaining one to watch. I'll admit I didn't see much of it. As I say, I don't know why you spent that much time talking about that game. It's, <laughs> it is a completely pointless game. Yeah. Both of these teams are not making the playoffs. Both of these teams probably get decent draft picks. And, uh, you know, they got talent on both both teams, but um, still both of them are severely missing defenses right now. Uh, and I think Tampa Bay is going to have a different quarterback next year. So mm-hmm. I don't think talking about either, this team, either of these teams any longer is worth our time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. The Bills were victors this week. Uh, they beat up on the Denver Broncos. I thought they were Bill. Say that again? <laughs> I thought they were Bill, not Victor. Oh, well, yeah. The Buffalo victors uh, were winners 20-3 <laughs> 20, 20 over Denver. So they handled they handled Denver, as you would expect. <clears throat> Buffalo gets to 8-3. and three. They're right now in the top wild card spot in the AFC. And Jared Allen... Sorry, Josh Allen. I do that every week. Oh, my God. I stopped and thought about it, and I was like, okay, got to make sure I get it right this time. Jared Allen. It's like a a (laughs) fucking tick. I don't know. Uh, Josh Allen, excuse me, uh, has played pretty well. He's He's been more responsible with the football for the last month. He did have one interception in this one, but he also had 185 yards and two touchdowns, also 56 yards on the ground. So Allen has played well recently. Uh, Devin Singletary, who's kind of an up-and-comer, I believe he's a rookie, uh, has really made a uh, spot for himself in this offense. He had 21 carries for 106 yards in this. And Frank Gore, this was the big fun news, uh, Frank Gore passed Barry Sanders on the all-time rushing yards list, uh, which which was pretty special. Um, John Brown had a touchdown in this. He's having quietly a very good season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Broncos had no offense to speak of. Brandon Allen had 82 yards in this one. Uh, and... So the Bills' defense did what you would expect one of the league's best defenses to do against the Denver Broncos, and they handled them. So this was a good win for for Buffalo. 
Yeah, I mean, Buff- Buffalo did uh, what they should have done against the Broncos, and they didn't pull a, a Vikings where they had to come back down twenty. So, um, <laughs> good, good, good for the for the Bills. Uh, they get a bigger test this week against the Cowboys. Um, this will kind of, you know, we were talking beforehand. This will kind of, we'll, we'll see, you know, if they're if they're a real team, which team is real here um, b- between the two uh, for this upcoming week. But yeah, did what they needed to do. It was a battle of, uh, Brandon Allen and, uh, and, uh, Jared Allen, Josh <laughs> Allen. It was a battle between B and J Allen. So it was a good, uh, a good, good matchup. Yeah. Good for them. Let's go to Chicago where the bears get their fifth win of the season over the New York giants who fall to two and nine, uh, 1914 was a score in this one. Fuck. It must've been boring to watch. Um, this is one I didn't, I didn't see much of. So Trubisky gets the win here, but he was 278 yards, one touchdown, but he threw two picks. And mm-hmm. so this offense didn't do a lot. And literally half of his yards went to Allen Robinson. Uh, he had mm-hmm. 130 and a touchdown. So, uh, Robinson, another guy, just like John Brown, I mentioned a second ago, quietly having an incredibly good season, um, with mm-hmm. not a lot of offense with which to work. So the bears get a win. They're five and six mathematically. They're still involved in the playoff picture, but they would need a. They would need to really hit a stride and get a lot of help if they were going to get mm-hmm. into the dance. So uh, I don't know that we're talking about playoff teams here for the Giants. Not much to be excited about. Daniel Jones was fine, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Barkley got his on the on. Um, well, actually, no. Barkley only had 60 total yards. So, yeah. Uh, not a lot of offense for him, but you know, Bears defense asserted itself and the offense did just enough. This is the kind of win you expected the Bears to have all season. But they've been incapable on offense, um, so they've basically they've resorted to beating up on crap teams like the Giants, and so they squeaked out mm-hmm. as a close one here. Yeah, this is this is one where it's like I think it goes even more to show that Trubisky is not the guy. Like I know he had you know 270 yards or whatever, and but again he had a couple of picks, a couple of bad throws, um, and these are the type of games where he should be throwing for over 300 yards for three you know two three touchdowns. He should be in command of these games, and he's really not. Um, they they haven't gotten anything out of him. They've barely gotten anything out of David Montgomery, who you know is is a talented running back. Um, and and you know guys like Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen were were killing it last year behind that offensive line. Um, Allen Robinson has been very good, but he's been the only guy that's been able to catch a ball from Trubisky, um, he, because most of them are so off target. So you know it's it, the Bears have definitely taken a, a big step back this year. Um, the Giants, you know, they're they're still a long ways off. And, I mean, uh, Barkley, ever since coming back from that injury, has been not himself. He's not been, you know, the, the, the you know, playmaker, the, the guy who's, you know, busting 60, 70, 80-yard runs. You know, he's he's just been mediocre. He's been pedestrian. So, um, you know, maybe it's a matter of health. Maybe it's just a matter of, you know, there's nothing left on that team for him to play for. I don't know. Um, you know, I still think they're a long ways off, but they are missing some talent in terms of injuries. So, you know, there, there's, I think they're a little bit closer than, than what the record shows, but I still think they're a far, a long ways off from, from being a, a contender in, in any sort of playoff situation. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Do you think, um, do you think that Barkley's, his seemingly statistical decline. Do you think a lot of that is just because they're not contending really in these games? Like, I feel like he's still got the talent, but they're, they're not in these games to produce the game flow that would allow him to have a good game. Yeah. I mean, and we, we saw this with Gurley a a couple, you know, his, his sophomore year, you know, Um, Gurley was fine. He was, he was mediocre. He's pedestrian. The team wasn't playing for anything, Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he was, he was just very okay. His, his sophomore year. 
Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the third year. That's when Gurley really showed up <laughs> to the NFL. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if that's the same for Barkley. Maybe if they have, because you did see at the beginning of the year, um, again, before Barkley got injured, he was, he was right back to where he left off last season. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, they, they've kind of gotten out of it, but I, I still believe in the talent, obviously. I'm not saying that, you know, he's, he's any, any worse, um, in terms of talent, but he was banged up and, and, uh, you know, you just haven't seen the same guy that you saw so you know mm-hmm. we'll see I, I think we'll, we'll maybe at the beginning of next year a fresh guy uh with a little bit more to play for you know he, he could get back to busting 80 yard runs like it looks like he's he's not even trying <laughs> so yeah. I expect better things are in the future for both these teams for Chicago I mean I honestly do uh, this there's there's talent all over this roster and mm-hmm. I don't know if there's an issue on the coaching staff or not but but that glaring hole at quarterback is something that I think is worth four or five wins right now. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a mm-hmm. team that should be right in the mix. With a competent quarterback, this team would and should be in the mix. So, you know, you're looking at a team probably playing a third-place schedule next year. Maybe they fix the quarterback issue and have mm-hmm. bounce back with a great year. But I think what we're I mean, seeing right now is them dragging Trubisky along. And this is a team that should be winning more games than it is. And, and you look at the beginning of the year, too. They beat uh you know teams like the packers and the vikings you know mm-hmm. two teams who are in the in the playoff conversation right now um firmly in the playoffs conversation so you know it's they they have been able to to you know pull off some some big wins but at the end of the day they're you know especially down the stretch here they just have gotten away from the type of football that they they need to play they just haven't been able to execute so um they're they're definitely uh have taken a a pretty big step back and and in, in terms of the expectations they had coming into this year mm-hmm. definitely um, <laughs> we, we, we go to Cincinnati <clears throat> No, we and don't. <laughs> the Bengals lose by a score of 10 to 16 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Cincinnati has more losses than they had points in this game. They fall to Owen <laughs> and, uh, it was not pretty. So Ryan Finley got the start. He had 192 yards and a touchdown. And then Joe Mixon had 79 yards on the ground. Tyler Boyd led receiving with hundred yards and a score. For, for the Steelers, there, there also wasn't a lot of offense. Mason Rudolph was god-awful in this, 85 yards and a pick. And then they bring in Devlin Hodges, which— Duck. I hate that we're old enough now for there to be professional quarterbacks named Devlin. That that makes Duck. me feel—that makes me feel fucking—it makes me feel old, and it makes me feel like a curmudgeonly old man because I'm like, Devlin's not a name— and I, I, I don't like the way that makes Have an American name like Cody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cody Hodges. <laughs> I'd watch the fuck out of Cody Hodges. Um, <laughs> Benny Snell Jr. led rushing for the Steelers. He had 98 yards. They, God, they've just had a carousel of running backs this season, but it seems like it. Um, the leading receiver, get this, James Washington, three catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. So he must have had a long one, but they just yeah, there did. was no offense in this game. I would rather watch like ninth grade girls basketball than have watched this game. Um, <laughs> but even though that it was boring, Steelers get to six and five. Right now they're in that second playoff spot, uh, wild card spot in the AFC. So this is a Steelers team that, despite not being, in my eyes, very good, is likely a playoff team based on what we're mm-hmm. seeing right now in the AFC. It's kind of funny to think about. Uh, Bengals right now, they, they look a lot like going 16 and the number one pick man. So I, I feel sorry for whatever quarterback ends up in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're going back to Andy Dalton this week as quarterback. So that, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, the Steelers, I, I, 
they, when they did bring in uh, Devlin or Duck Hodges, uh, his nickname is Duck, so that'll make you even more mad. Um, when they when they did bring in Duck Hodges, um, the offense did move a little better. He's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Uh, Mason Rudolph is kind of just like a tree out there, so uh, you know he. I think this might add a little bit to the offense. I know after halftime they really you know they picked up a little bit more. That's when they had that big touchdown to James Washington and everything there. So you know we'll we'll see with the Steelers. It's crazy that they're in that final spot, which again kind of gives even more credence to, to someone like Tennessee, even if they don't win the division. I think they're one of the hotter teams in football even right now, mm-hmm. um, and 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 would easily take that spot over the Steelers. I think so. Um, you know, in the meantime though. We'll see if maybe switching quarterback again helps them out. Um, maybe they sign Kaepernick in the coming weeks. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Bengals are bad. Steelers aren't that much better. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brown's coming to town this weekend. That'll be an interesting game. We'll preview that one later. Um, let's move to the, the aforementioned Cleveland Browns, who – uh, surprise, surprisingly to us, we all expected this to be a closer game than it was, uh, but the Browns took care of business here, 41-24 to over Miami, and it seemed like this was the uh, – now, yes, this was against Miami. Let's preface this. We all know Miami doesn't play defense. But this is the kind of shit you expected to see from a talented Cleveland Browns offense all season. Here are the mm-hmm. numbers. Baker Mayfield, 327 and three scores. He did have an interception. Nick Chubb had 100 yards and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry had 148 yards, two touchdowns, and Odell Beckham had 84 yards and a touchdown. This is what we signed up for at the beginning of the year for the Browns. It's unfortunate that they haven't been able to uncork it except against shit teams, but they've mm-hmm. got a schedule down the stretch where they could end up in that wild card position if they beat some some bad teams uh, on the way you know on the way in, and they have an opportunity to, to do that. Uh, against against Pittsburgh and get really into that playoff conversation. So the Browns, and by the way, I have not changed my mind loser, loser. about the Browns, but we still we may be looking at a loser team getting into the playoffs here. Uh, so <laughs> if you're a Browns fan, you're encouraged about what you saw, but let's not forget this was Miami who was awful. Yeah, no, the, Miami is 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 bad, but they 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 play tough against teams too this year. So um, you know it's. Uh, too bad for them. You know, someone like Devontae Parker, who's a former first round pick, is having a really he's another guy, mm-hmm. really quietly having a really good year. I think he's a free agent coming off this season, so maybe he'll make make himself some money. That's maybe that's why he's showing up, is to, to make him himself some money. So um, you know, good good to see for him finally living up to that first round talent. But uh, you know, otherwise not a lot of bright spots on that team. Um with uh with the with the Browns. They're, again, continuing to do what, what I've talked about the last two or three weeks now, running the football a lot between both um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt having another very nice game. The thing that I like about that offense, just watching what I've watched of them, is that no matter, with a lot of running backs, effective running backs on, on teams that you know switch out running back, backs a lot, you know which one is going to probably be you know a passing play or who's going to be thrown to. And you know which one's going to run the ball. But both of these guys are excellent receivers. Both of these guys are excellent runners. Both of these guys are, are you know, Chubb's getting more carries right now. But Hunt's being used very effectively. And still, he had a rushing touchdown this week. So, you know, it's you just never know what they're going to do when, when they have both those guys out there. Um, 
Jarvis Landry has been playing very well as of late. Last two or three games, he's been very effective. They're they're using him like they used him in Miami, but he's on a better team. Like Miami, he was a guy, short yardage, uh, middle of the field type of guy, use when you need a first down, use when you need that clutch catch, you know, that that type of thing. And he's been that the last few weeks for Cleveland. Um, I think... I think they, you know, again, they've played bad teams and they're going to continue to play some pretty bad teams. Their schedule is very, very cake the, the rest of the way. Yeah, but, Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens are the one tough game and then they finish with the Bengals yeah. again. So they could they could win four out of their next five uh, and, right. get to, to, and get to, what, nine and seven, ten and six. And that could get them in the, in the playoffs. And they're a team that I think would probably lose pretty convincingly round one like the fan base is going to be very very excited mm-hmm. uh for them just because making the playoffs which they haven't done since the 90s i think um so if they do that that's huge that'd be really cool for them as a fan base but i think they get demolished round one and, and kind of get being like hey guys look who you played you know that, that's going to come out to play but it's still you know exciting and it's good to see that you know because even early on in the season they were losing to bad teams too so you know like they They've gotten it together. I think adding Kareem Hunt, as much of a shithead as that guy is in real life, um, he's a very good football player, mm-hmm. and that's that signing has we everyone was questioning it um, this off season, not just even for the, the uh, ethical reasons, but there were, people were like, what what are they going to do with him? You have Nick Chubb, who was one of the best running backs down the stretch last year. They proved what they've done with it. They they they've made both Chubb and Hunt very very effective, and and it's really improved their offense a lot. So. Yep. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens if they play Baltimore and keep it close, or you know that type of thing. We might be talking about them as as a you know potential contender. But for right now, as, as long as they're playing these crap teams and continue to blow them out, um, they'll still be a, a cautiously optimistic team in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we talked about you know the AFC playoff picture. Right now, there are four teams with six wins. That's Pittsburgh, Oakland, Indy, Tennessee. And then Cleveland is right behind all of them with five wins. And probably mm-hmm. out of those teams, the easiest schedule for the rest of the yep. season. So that that sixth spot in the AFC, while likely meaningless, because someone is going to get the crap kicked out of them by <laughs> by someone in the first round. But yeah. right right now, the the number three seed is number three seed is Houston. And so Houston, well, I think is a solid team, but it doesn't scare me. Um, mm-hmm. And Kansas City number four is kind, of, is kind of the same way. So who knows? Maybe we have a Cinderella six seed, um, and it's going to be interesting to see who who takes that spot. Um, but it very well could be the Cleveland Browns based on based on what we've seen and and what's yet to come uh, for them. Which that uh, God, I'm going to hate. I'm going to hate seeing. What, that, but <laughs> what do you think a, a Minnesota Cleveland Super Bowl? Well, how's that sound? Oh my God! I'll tell you what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> they would tie. That's what would happen because both those teams are allergic to championships. Um, God. So, okay, speaking of allergic, here's a game we can cover quickly. Um, the Washington Redskins hosted the Detroit Lions, and the Redskins right, we're won 16-19, to and that's it. Um, yep. Both these teams stink. <laughs> yeah, but let's just uh... – Let's just move on. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll pay as much attention to this game as Dwayne Haskins was to the actual game himself while he was taking <laughs> selfies with the crowd. So. That's the one thing I was going to say was shout out to Haskins for his first win. Um, but he made himself look like a dumbass by not even going out to kneel because he's taking a selfie, which I don't know. I can't blame the kid. He's excited. He never thought he'd get a win on this team. Yeah, He's going to get his, his one, maybe two wins and then uh, be replaced next season. So Yep. Yep. Definitely. Poor Haskins. Uh, let's move on here. We go to 
I, I, here's a game I wish we could skip. The Jets beat the piss out of my Oakland Raiders, <laughs> and Raiders fall to six and five. And this now, a lot of times I I say, okay, don't freak out. Like every team has a bad week, but this was really bad, and it to me raises a red flag. Now the Raiders are still in that four way tie for the sixth seed, um, but this was a chance for them to really take command of that and take care, mm-hmm. take you know control of their own playoff destiny. They still have some winnable games coming down the stretch, much like much like Cleveland that we talked about. But this is a thirty four to three loss against the New York Jets, who two weeks ago we thought were a total dumpster fire. I don't know if the Jets are better than we've been thinking um, or if it's Oakland is much worse than we've been thinking. I, I, I didn't see a lot a lot from this game, so it's hard for me to you know determine the game flow, but the numbers here are not good. Uh, Derek Carr has been playing well, but he was terrible. Josh Jacobs has been playing well. He didn't get much going, and they fell behind early in this. Uh, they were down 13-3 in the first half, and then the Jets came out and put 21 on them in the third quarter. So this this was a game that was out of hand with relatively early in the second half. I, I don't know what happened. It seems like the Jets just came out and hit a flurry of fucking punches, and then the Raiders shrunk. And I don't know how concerned I should be about Oakland. Um, you know, I, I still think that they, that they find themselves in that sixth seed uh, at the end of the year if I have to pick. But um, I don't know. This is worrisome for Raiders fans, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh- well, I guess we're, you know, we're talking to the biggest Raiders fan, you know, out there and Cody Michael. So um. <laughs> it's worrisome to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did catch uh, the highlights in this one and um, Derek Carr was off. He missed guys a lot in this game. And uh, that, that that's what was the most concerning is that um, he, he was just missing guys wide open uh, or is just missing their hands barely you know like he's he was off and this is just not a good game for him he's had that in 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 his career too where he's had some games where he has just been absolutely just off the off the mark and and uh so it's not good to see uh you know because the raiders don't have a good defense they just haven't all year no. and so uh sam darnold has weirdly been one of the hottest quarterbacks in football right now too um over the last two or three weeks as well so like Ever since that that Patriots game where he was seeing ghosts and stuff, he's been a lot better. And, the, and again, in the last few weeks, he's been, um, you know, a, a top quarterback. So, um, you know, they they the Oakland doesn't have a good good defense, and Sam Darnold is on a hot streak. He just put up a bunch of points on him and uh, looked really good doing it. So, you know, the 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 Raiders, um, the the weak link is obviously their defense. Um, they, they basically it comes down to. Uh, can can Derek Carr make the throws with with the lack of receivers he has on that team? You know, Hunter Renfro just went down uh, this week as well, and so that that's that's going to be tough. He was he was really coming on as a good piece for that team. Um, Darren Waller has not been nearly as effective as he he was in the beginning of the season. Um, they were throwing to him almost every single play <laughs> early on the season. And I think teams have started to figure him out and cover him up a little bit. So, uh, and, and then, like you said, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs has been extremely banged up lately. He's had both uh, knee and elbow injuries coming into almost all, every game uh, since, since uh, like probably week five or six. So, uh, and I pay close, close attention because he's on my fantasy team. So I just, <laughs> I see that questionable mark every week, mm. but you know, it, and maybe some of those are catching up to him, but and overall, I, you know, the, the Raiders will probably be in that hunt for that, that wildcard spot. They may or may, may or may not make it, but I think they're a, a one and done team, even, even if they do make it this year. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I would probably agree with you on that. So that was certainly a disappointing that, – that is the start of a streak of disappointing outcomes um, the rest of the way for, for week 12 here for me. Um, but uh, in that early slate of games, uh, I was very unexcited to see that the Raiders had gotten stomped because I knew I was going to have to come on this podcast and talk to America about it. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, what ended up being a very good game, New Orleans – against the Panthers and the Saints needed a last second field goal to win this one 34 to 31 uh the Saints played well in this one too this was just a really good ball game from both teams Drew Brees had 300 yards three touchdowns uh one interception and then Murray and Kamara combined for about 120 yards rushing Murray had the touchdown uh Kamara did have nine catches though and Michael Thomas continues his streak of crushing ass uh he goes over 100 catches on the season and over I think 1200 yards now so he had 10 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown in this one. He's he's a, he's special. Um, he deserves every dollar that they're paying for him. And on the Panthers' side of things, uh, again, really good offense here. Kyle Allen had 256 yards and three touchdowns. A good bounce-back game for him after kind of a bad, bad performance last week. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey had about 130 yards of total offense and two touchdowns. And then DJ Moore, another one of those guys, Seth, that has sneakily had a very good season. 126 mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns in this. So the Panthers are a better team, I think, than their five and six record, but they've lost a couple games that they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like the Bears, uh, who are also five and six, mathematically still involved in the playoff picture, but I don't see them covering that gap. But another mm-hmm. team, again, like the Bears, where I think whether it's Allen or someone else, if they can really shore up their quarterback play, this is this team is going to be a threat next year. But it was good to see them push the Saints to the limit here. New Orleans gets to nine and two and I know there's a lot of excitement around several teams in the NFL but the Saints quietly remain very close to the top of the power rankings they're playing as good a football as anybody yeah I think the 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 question with the Saints the last few weeks and especially has been their defense uh going into their bye they were one of the best defenses in football and they've given up a lot of points uh over since since the bye so um, that, that's been a question for them um, in the last few weeks, especially. But with the Panthers, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think Kyle Allen has earned, earned himself another year uh, as the quarterback there, unless he has a you know colossal collapse here in the next few weeks. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is probably the best running back in football right now. I mean, he, he does everything. And, uh, you know, he's very efficient. He scores a lot of touchdowns. DJ Moore is coming on. Um, he's finally scoring touchdowns. Uh, unfortunately, he did it too late in the fantasy football season for me. Another guy I have. <laughs> but he, he's, he's, he has been very good. He, he's, been, he's become a number one wide receiver for sure with, with the Panthers. So good to see for him. He will not be a, a late-round uh, sleeper uh, <laughs> as, as he kind of was this year So um, in fantasy. But, um, you know, the, the Panthers' offense is, is a very – potent offense they've got a lot of weapons there um you know i i think if they they can the one thing that that is an issue with them is their offensive line um you know kyle allen even through all this has and especially in this game well you know was hit a lot and some of these games where they've given were like the niners when they got embarrassed by the niners the niners as we saw this week they have an incredible pass rush and he couldn't do anything against them, uh, just like Rodgers couldn't. So, you know, that that's that's where he's been neutralized this year is, is you know, against the Blitz, blitz and uh, pass, pass rush. So, uh, you know, maybe they short some things there, um, add a few pieces on defense, and I think they're they're a real threat next year, uh, just adding a few key pieces. Um, Saints, again, like you said, they're, they're a top team in football. There is an issue, a little bit more of a, a concern with their defense, but offensively they're still putting up a ton of points. Um, also in this game, too, 
a, a handful of missed kicks by the Panthers that would have gotten them probably a win. I know Sly missed two extra points, their kicker, uh, as well as a field goal. So they could have easily won this game. Um, and, and it would have, uh, you know, we'd be, we'd be uh, talking a little bit differently, I think, if they did. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, right now, like you said, I think it's a little bit too far-fetched to say the Panthers make the playoffs just because of everyone else playing right now. They'd have to have a lot of help. Uh, but the Saints are definitely in a driver's seat in the driver's seat for a home field uh, playoff game, home field home field advantage uh, for the first uh, round at least, a couple rounds at least. Yeah, we've seen. I mean, every week we see it at least once. The kicking game matters, and games mm-hmm. are de- games are decided by kicking. And the Panthers, you're right, had a chance to win this game um, if they hit. I think they missed two extra points and then a, a field goal that would have taken the lead with two minutes to go. So. Uh, Panthers certainly one of those teams that at the end of the year is going to kick themselves over just a handful of plays and say we could have been a couple wins better um, just based on one or two plays. So um, we'll see what Carolina does for the rest of the season. Uh, But I'm really excited to talk about the Seahawks here. So uh, Seattle went into Philadelphia and won uh, just a a brawl of a game, 17-9 to over the Eagles here. So Wilson, the stats weren't so sexy, but Wilson had 200 yards and a touchdown. He did have an interception, but Rashad Penny on the ground, 129 yards and a touchdown, huge game for him. And, um, you know, the receiving was really spread out. So there wasn't really a huge game uh, for any of any of the Seattle wide receivers, but this was a game that was, uh, the conditions weren't great. So it was kind of ugly offense on both sides. Uh, Carson Wentz had 250 yards, a touchdown, two picks. He is not looking like the guy you think the guy you picture when you say Carson Wentz is not who we're seeing this year for whatever reason uh they haven't gotten as much out of him Zach Ertz had a big game receiving 90 yards and a touchdown on 12 catches but you know this is an Eagles team that that I I I think we're very close to being it and and I know you've you've never been excited about the Eagles but I think I think the the wider group is catching up with you and starting to recognize that these Eagles are (laughs) they're they're not they're not a scary team um, but Seattle comes in on the road. They go uh, to Eastern Time Zone, play in the early game, and, and get a win here, 17-9. They get to 9-2, and two, and they've got a lot of big-time playoff matchups coming up in the next handful of weeks before the end of the regular season. But this is a Seattle team that is doing everything pretty well, and they've got the great equalizer in Russell Wilson. So they they got to feel like they're in a really good position here with five games to go. Yeah, a lot, a lot of players are stepping up on that team. Um you know, like you said, Rashad Penny, a former first-round pick for them last year, um, been banged up. Uh, you know, played well, played very well. Came in, he's he's a little bit quicker than Chris Carson, and Chris Carson is their their starting running back, who's had a good season minus the fumbling problems. He he leads the league in fumbles right now, um, and they've kind of stuck with him all year. Uh, but now they're letting uh, Penny run, and I think Penny's trying to prove that he should be out there. So you know, if they can get both backs going, that's really good for them down the stretch, especially. Um, the receivers, I mean, you know, Lockett came back for, you know, first game off, off the injury and, um, or actually he, he just missed some time in that last game. He hasn't actually missed a full game. So, you know, he looked good. He had a big playoff off that injury. Um, and then, uh, DK Metcalf, he's really showing that he is worth that first round pick. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of really cl- uh, clutch catches, uh, whether it be in the red zone or in the middle this, this last week, he had a couple big ones in the middle of the field. Um, you know what I don't the, understand about DK, DK Metcalf? Is this guy like? I don't understand why there's not more hype about him. 
I don't know, mm-hmm. what the, but I've watched him play. This dude is physically a fucking monster. He's scary. He is. Re- he's like 6'4", 250, and he runs like a 4'3", yeah. four, 4'. Four. I don't understand why this guy wasn't the number one overall pick. I, I, don't know what, I don't know if he's got some fucking, I don't know if he's got off the field problems or if his hands aren't as good, but like he's played really good. I think he's going to be a, a really good wide receiver for a while, especially if he keeps playing with Wilson. But I don't understand why nobody's talking about this guy. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't put up a ton of numbers. He's been very good, but he's not, you know, he's, he, a lot of the offensive rookies of the year ha, are, are putting up more numbers and kind of, I guess, meaning it more to the team. You know, he's, even though he's put up good numbers and been very good, Lockett's still the number one there. And so, um, you know, I, I agree with you, though. Metcalf has been very, very good, very impressive, and he's going to be a, a very good, I mean, right now, the Seahawks have, you, you, you might even say the best receiving trio in the NFL. I mean, between... And Gordon is just getting there, getting into into the offense. But in terms of if you just look at talent, three first round picks, um, you know, with, with the receiving core and Metcalf and Lockett and uh, Gordon. So like they are they're stacked there, and they're in a good spot uh, coming in the last few weeks. So um, this game also though, you know, Wentz has been not good if, at all the last three four weeks. Um, and then in this game though, there was some weird thing going on with the wind. If you notice, like kicks were having trouble going through. Uh, passes for both quarterbacks were sailing. Uh, the Eagles should have had another touchdown. I think they might even should have had two touchdowns. There was a couple wide open uh, receivers in the back of the end zone, and the ball just sailed on on Wentz when he threw it. So, um, you know, th- this was a weird game because of the weather. But even so, I like it. Like you said, I don't think the Eagles are a very good team. Even coming into the season, I didn't think they were a very good team. Um, they they have a lot of holes on that team. Uh, they're again very banged up, but that's been the story of their season. That's when you when you have guys like Alshon Jeffrey, who has a, a chronic history of being out of games, missing big chunks of the season. You can't rely on them. even though he's you know when he's out there, he's been a top talent. You can't rely on that guy mm-hmm. because he's always been hurt. So that's a part of that. When you know when you have personnel, you know you can't just be like, well, this guy will be good if he's out there. He's not out there. So you know there there there's an issue with that. So. They, I again, I've talked about. It. I don't think the Eagles are a very good team. I think they're going to miss the playoffs, and uh, there's some big question marks around Wentz right now. Mm-hmm. I think so. Probably a lot of Philly fans uh, thinking about old Funkmaster Nicky Nick down in Jacksonville, and wondering <laughs> what could have been. Which to me is entirely stupid. But that's neither here nor there. I'm glad I don't live in Philly mm-hmm. um, for many reasons besides just that. Um, <laughs> uh, you talked about him earlier, Seth. The Tennessee Titans. And this is a team, this is, this might be like, if, if you had Seth's teams, I think Tennessee sounds like they might be one of them because, uh, you've talked a lot about them in recent weeks and they get an impressive win here, 42 to 20 over Jacksonville, Tennessee at six and five, one of those teams tied for that six seed in the AFC. And Ryan Tannehill seems to have made all the difference. He has 250 yards, two touchdowns here. Derrick Henry goes the fuck off. Like he tends to Mm do. He, Henry is one of the, again, you know, one of those guys, no one ever talks about Derrick Henry. And if I if if you just asked, okay, let's list in order the good running backs in the in the league, he's probably in the top seven or eight, I would say at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and he it's like every other week he goes for 150 yards and two scores and show you see a highlight reel of him just punching the souls out of guys with his stiff arm. <laughs> uh, he's a really fun highlight reel watch, especially in this game. He had one really impressive run. Um, he owns the Jaguars, though. He has for the last couple years. Ryan Tannehill, though, in addition to his two touchdowns uh, throwing, had two rush two rushing touchdowns. So uh, really good game for Ryan Tannehill. 
And um, A.J. Brown uh, was the big receiver here, 135 yards and a score here. The Titans' offense is figuring stuff out, and they're another one of those teams that seems like a real threat to at least get into the playoffs. Whether or not they can get a win when they get there or if they get there is a different story, but this seems like one of the more complete teams. It doesn't seem like they do a lot great, but they do everything pretty good because that defense is solid also. Yeah, they've been playing really tough. Um, you know, if you remember early on in the season, I was not high in them. Right. Um, I was, I, you know, you were, we and I flipped, wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and and the reason for that, what what did I, what was I saying early on in the season about the Titans? What did they need? Quarterback. Exactly, and they got one. They they got a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill um, took a bet on himself. Um, he had one year left on his on his contract. Um, and you know, requested a trade, and you know, said just send me anywhere else. And what what that's done for his for his uh, stock right now, because he's a free agent. So you know, he he could stay in Tennessee and get a bunch of money. He could go to another team. He's proven, you know, he's a firm, former first round pick in in his own right, and he's played very well. You know, he's played at least fine in in Miami, but he's played very very well this year. Um, you know, or even early on when he first took over, I didn't I didn't have much. Uh, you know, I said he, he might be a little bit better, but you know, I, I didn't expect this. You know, that this is this is uh, very impressive. He's played very well. I mean, he's not you know lighting the world up, but he's playing very well. He's playing very solid. He's been a top ten quarterback in terms of numbers um, since he's taken over. So it's been very good to see. Plus, like you said, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, is, is coming on. He's been ever since the the game in Jacksonville last year. He's been like you said, one of the top running backs in the NFL. And so uh, last year is when he had like that. Uh, I think it was like. 200 yard game or whatever against yeah and he had like four uh, touchdowns i think yeah yeah and so like that he just ever since then he's continued and again puts up numbers against jacksonville especially uh, at home so um the defense is playing solid they got and they're another team like first round picks in Corey davis and um aj brown uh, adam humphreys is a solid uh slot receiver along with tajay sharp as a name from a couple years ago people might remember he's a former early round pick um, and then Delaney Walker, when he's healthy, <laughs> he, you know, he's he's a solid tight end. So they have a ton of pieces. They have a quarterback who can actually get the ball to those, you know, talented players. Uh, and then a defense that's playing solid and a, and a really tough running game with a guy like Deion Lewis there, too. You know, he he, he had a good play this week uh-huh. in the passing game. So a lot of talent on that team. They, you know, that that's never been the question. It's been who's going to get the ball to that talent. And right now, Tannehill is, is proven that, you know, he – it was good for him to take a bet on himself and that, you know, it, it, uh, he's got the talent and then he can lead this team. So good to see them playing the way they are. Absolutely. I would add one thing too, to Tennessee, uh, really good coaching. Mike Vrabel has this team really mm-hmm. playing well. Uh, you know, a, a Belichick, uh, a product, you know, he played for some of those new England teams and this is a team. Uh, and you know, when later on, we'll talk about sort of the top teams in the league and they all have good coaching and it's all like, it's like tough guys are, are, are in vogue right now. And Vrabel is among the toughest, uh, you know, you sit down and have a conversation with that guy and you'll grow a little bit of hair just from being around mm-hmm. him. Uh, so he's got, he's got his guys playing really well. Uh, and if they, if they put together a string of wins here and go into the playoffs with some momentum, watch out. Cause it might sneak up on some folks. All right, let's go to uh, one of the really big games, uh, America's Game of the Week. I think Fox had penned it, and this was the New England Patriots hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And the MVP of this game ended up being the weather. This was a (laughs) dreadful place to play uh, up there in New England. It was rainy, it was cold, it was windy. You know, nobody can hang on to the ball. And the Patriots find a way to win 13-9. to 
Uh, it was close, like like you and I predicted last week, but the Patriots squeak out the win. They get to 10-1, and one, still in that top spot in the AFC. Uh, Brady, it, the, the numbers were slim all the way around here. Brady had 190 90 yards and a touchdown. Sony Michelle had one of his best games of the season. He had 85 yards in a game where you expected everyone to be running. He did just that. Uh, and Julian Edelman was the lead receiver with 93 yards. Uh, on the Cowboys side of things, it was pretty, you know, again, pretty skinny on offense. Uh, Prescott had 200 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but threw a pick. And Elliott had 86 yards on 21 carries. Randall Cobb led the way receiving with 86 yards. And one of the big pieces of news here, Amari Cooper with zero catches because he was shadowed by Stephon Gilmore, who, and I watched a pretty good portion of this game, absolutely removed Amari Cooper from the game. It's like he might as well have carried him off the field and handcuffed him to the bench. He was totally irrelevant. That guy Gilmore is incredibly good, and he's about to get paid in a major way because he's a big part of what this Patriots defense has been doing. Um, so you have the Patriots here. This was a big matchup set that everyone was looking forward to. Patriots end up getting the win ugly. We still, you know, there was concerns about the New England offense, and I don't think they they quelled those this week. Uh, it was still pretty small, but... But, you know, you talk about going up to Foxborough in the playoffs, and this is exactly why it's so hard to go up there and play because they can play in these conditions. They're a team that is so flexible and so adjustable with their game plan that they can come in and win a game like this. But on, on the Dallas side of things, they're, they're a speed team, and they, they've wanted Dak to have a bigger role. And, you know, they had him throw 33 times in this game, which – uh, which was more more times uh, than I think he should have thrown. Elliott, with only 21 carries, I think probably should have had 30 in a game where there wasn't good footing, and you're going against one of the best secondaries historically ever to play in football. So you expected to see more Elliott in this game, but they went with Dak, and it did not pay off here. Three field goals was all they could muster. I don't know if I'm concerned for the Dallas. For Dallas, I think they still end up winning that NFC East and I, I think they're a reasonably solid playoff team. Maybe they get a win in, depending on who they're matched up against. But so I, this doesn't sound the alarms. The Cowboys are fake for me. I think this is just the case of New England out coaching. And Belichick had the right game plan. He knew what the conditions were going to be, and he put his guys in a position to win. And uh, Jason Garrett, I've never accused of being a good coach. And I think that's what you mm. saw here. Yeah, I mean, I think that this game didn't tell a whole lot for for really either team. You know, kind of. It went the, the way that most people expected. I think, you know, the, the Cowboys at least kept it close and were in it until the end, and that that's encouraging. Um, and like you said, I think they win that division, and I don't think it's that going to be that difficult for them. Um, although I think the wild card teams, you know, whoever, whoever it is coming in, I think any of those wild card teams are a more talented and, and better suited team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teams have proven this year you can beat Dallas in, in Dallas, you know, in, in their stadium. So, um, you know. Vikings are one of them, but, uh, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll see who Dallas ends up playing. I just don't see this team, um, right now being a playoff winner, uh, at this, at this current time, I might be, uh, you know, setting myself up for, for, uh, you know, if the Vikings do play them round one for, for eating my words, to put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll knock on wood right now, but, uh, you know, it, I don't know. They, they just, they haven't inspired a lot of hope uh, over the last two or three weeks uh, for this team. So mm-hmm. um, with the Patriots, the thing that, that does kind of annoy me with the Patriots is that I hear a lot of people saying, oh, because we've seen what we've seen out of Baltimore is, uh, you know, oh, the, you know, the Patriots aren't aren't uh, putting up points. They're looking bad right now. But if you look historically uh, with the Patriots, 
they never score a lot of points this time of year. No. They always run the football. Mm-hmm. They always play conservative. They always do what they can to remain healthy, still win games, play good defense, and run the football. This happens every single year. Same thing last year when 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 the Chiefs were putting up historic numbers. The Patriots were sitting there just doing their thing, running the football, playing close games, playing and not nearly as good defense last year as they did the, as they are this year. And so, you know, I don't have any concerns about the Patriots. I think when they when they're going to need to put up points, they're going to do it. This is a bad weather game, um, and they still went out there and did exactly what they wanted to do. So, I, I the Patriots are going to be fine. You know, I think when it comes down to it, and you know, if if they re, they retain home field advantage, and you know, if Baltimore does have to go to to New England, I think a lot of people are going to say that the the Ravens are going to win in a blowout, and I think that'll be a very close game, be a much closer game than people give it credit for. Definitely, and for the Patriots, getting that to be played in New England, I think is paramount, because New England, mm-hmm. I think, would benefit greatly by having some weather up there at Foxborough and being able to play at home. It's, all, it's always, every time they've had a Super Bowl victory, they've gone home field in the playoffs. So... Uh, that that's what New England is playing for all season, and they're going to need to keep doing it um, because they've got uh, got the Ravens hot on their heels. But I agree with you. Last year, the two best offenses in football were the Chiefs and Rams, and uh, the Patriots held both of them to really low scoring games and beat them both uh, convincingly mm-hmm. in, in two in you know two consecutive games. So I agree with you. I think Belichick and New England are not to be trifled with, and let's not get too excited about too many of these other teams without forgetting who the who the Kings are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Sunday night football. San Francisco with a convincing victory over the Green Bay Packers. I know you were excited to see this one. 37-8 was the final. Uh, San Francisco gets to 10-1. and They're still a top seed in the NFC. Green Bay goes to 8-3, and and uh, they, they own the NFC North by way of tiebreaker over the Vikings right now. Uh, still yet to play them in a couple weeks here. And, man, this was... In a game, I honestly thought that this would be a very good game and that we'd see the Niners exposed a little bit. But what we ended up seeing was the Packers exposed. And we talked about this a Mm -hmm. little bit last week, is that when the Packers have been beaten, they have been run over by good offensive lines. And that's exactly what happened here. You know, um, San Francisco had a pretty good game on the ground here. Uh, They had, gosh, 120 yards or so of total rushing. Um, but the big factor here was George Kittle coming back. He had 129 yards, which was half of the passing yards that Garoppolo had. He had 253 total with two scores, one of which was to Kittle. Um, so this, this Niners offense just was not even slowed down by the Packers. They put up 38 points and they made it really difficult on Aaron Rodgers in this game. They sacked him a bunch. Uh, he finished with only 140 yards or sorry, 104 yards and a touchdown. I, Try to find me the last game where Aaron Rodgers didn't throw for at least 200 yards. I bet it'd be hard to find <laughs> one. Um, so, you know, th- this is uh, when we talked earlier, you know, the Packers were one of those teams that, you know, you consider them sort of in a in a slightly lower tier than teams like the Niners. Uh, and this was an opportunity for them to really assert themselves as one of the top couple teams. And they just absolutely got beat back by the Niners here. So Seth, I, I pose this question to you. Niners great or Packers not so good? Is it a little of both or what do you what do you think drove the result here? I think the the Niners, it's crazy because you know, I think I think the answer right now is Niners are are a great team. I think they're a very very good team. I think what what's really weird is that and I think you can kind of assign this for even like they're 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 like you look at Chicago last year, 
Um, the year before they weren't they weren't anything, and then they come out last year and finish what eleven and five, and, and you know win a playoff game and all that stuff. But just to another level, like the Niners last year, sure they were missing Jimmy G and stuff, but even so, like they were a very bad team. You look like on defense, uh, offense, like all around, not a good team at all. And then this year they you know add a, a stud rookie in Nick Bosa and uh, Jimmy G's back and you know, been good. Like they're, they're, they've just come out there. They're playing with a ton of confidence and just same thing with the, like the Ravens. You watch them play like they, they're out there. They believe in themselves. They're playing really tough. You know, they, they may not have the most talent in the world. And I think you can say the same thing for the Ravens. Like they're on paper. They're not the most talented team out there. You know, they, they don't have a ton of studs on that team. It's just like a, a bunch of guys who've been coached really well and they're playing tough football and playing confident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's crazy to see, but like they're right now, it's hard to say like between them and the Ravens who they play this week, you know, it, it's hard not to say they're, they're the best. They're, they're easily, I think the best teams in their conference right now in terms of just at least the hottest teams in their conference. I guess mm-hmm. it's not, I was just saying about the Patriots, like they're not, I still think the Patriots are probably the, the best overall team, but you know, it's hard to say, but you know, right now, I think the answer to your question is probably the Niners are a better team. I think the Packers are still a very talented team. But as I've talked about before, with Rodgers, if you can get to him, mm-hmm. he's not a great quarterback. Yeah, And that's the same for most quarterbacks. But with, with Rodgers especially, like, he is, when he has time, when he scrambles out of the pocket, when he has, you know, he, he's he's creating plays, that's when Rodgers is at his absolute best. And when he's when he's getting hit frustrates him make gets him in his head and that's when he starts making mistakes so because it's not even just like some quarterbacks can get hit get back up and play right but Rodgers is not that when Rodgers gets hit he gets frustrated mm-hmm. he gets mad he he has a temper he's a little whiny bitch <laughs> and uh, well it's never here's and, the thing Seth is nothing is ever Aaron Rodgers fault how could it be right he's the best quarterback to ever play right. the game so it's always his line <laughs> right it's always his receivers it's always his defense it's always that they don't have a running back uh they've got all those things right now and they got stomped yeah, and, and it's because he holds on to the ball for so long because he's trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that that's the thing with Rodgers, and they did that. They frustrated him. I mean, he didn't play the, the last, you know, couple minutes of the game because they just gave up, and you don't you never see that with Rodgers. Rodgers is always out there. Mm-hmm. Unless they're up by a lot, Rodgers is always out there till the end. So, um, you know, I, I think this is this is a frustrating game. I also think, though, the Packers, they bounce back better than any other team in the, in the league, so uh, maybe minus the Patriots. So... Um, you know, they, uh, I think, the, I think they'll be fine. I think they're, they're still easily, you know, uh, a contender for the division right now. Um, they do get to play the Vikings in Minnesota on a Monday night. So I'm glad that the, uh, the coldest weather game is in Minnesota and not, uh, Green Bay, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, both teams are still playoff favorites, uh, right now. And, uh, I just think the Niners have really, over the last few weeks, and especially we'll see what happens this week, but they've proven themselves as, you know, not not just a team who's had an easy schedule being a fourth-place finisher, but a team that has real potential to make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, and um, that, uh, that's it for the games this week. I, I Cody was the was the king of the pick'em. <laughs> Cody was the king of the pick'em this week with eight, eight, uh, eight correct I, I think picks. You're so missing, I think you're missing one game. Let's go ahead, and uh, that, that's going to be it for our game recaps here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Monday Night Football in Los Angeles. Uh, the Rams played a host to the Ravens. Uh, Rams pretty much came, I, came out, did the coin toss, and then left. 
is, is how this game looks. What, what, well, do, what do you want to lead with if, on this game? If, if you, I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone who was associated with the Rams showed up because if you looked at their field, it still had fucking the field left over from Saturday when when USC played. Yeah, they did. You a fucking bad job see that, that thing? Yeah, they. Yeah, that was terrible. That must be really hard to do because it's pretty pretty consistently you see some of that. Um, but you would. But think, that was like bright. And those are and on a Sunday game. I understand, but on a Monday night game, it was weird. <laughs> it was yeah. very weird to see. It was like it was packed. Like you could see the Pac-12 logo everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that. That is not good. Like that. <laughs> that is like clearly like ah, oh, we're well, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, this is the Rams. Rams got some stuff they got to deal with. Um, so the the final versus the, finding a new grounds crew. <laughs> the final in this game uh, was the Rams six and Baltimore forty five. And the the Ravens came out. Um, let's read the stats here. So Lamar Jackson and had 169 yards and five touchdowns. Mark Ingram had 100 yards and a touchdown. And then on the Rams side, uh, Jared Goff had 212 yards, but he threw two picks. Gurley only had six carries, 22 yards. Uh, Robert Woods led receiving with 97 yards. If I said to you, and we we talked the other night about this, Seth. Um, and in fact, may, might have been on last week's show. I said. I, the Rams, I think, are capable of keeping this a close game, but this is a real risk of being embarrassed. And that's exactly what happened here. They, the Rams, in, in the time since McVay has took, take, taken over, they've never looked this bad. They've, they've lost games, but they've never been handled like this. And it was really strange to see. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, because the Rams are a real team. Like I feel like everyone on Tuesday morning was like, "Oh, the Rams are shit." There's they're still 6 and 5. They they came into that game on Monday night with the fourth best defense uh in the league this season. They have the defensive player of the year the last 2 years running. They have pro bowlers all over their offense and their defense, and they have a coach of the year and, you know, NFC championship coach from last season, Sean McVay. Um now, the Rams have some problems and we'll talk about those in a second, but I think what you saw here was not the Rams suck. I think what you saw here was the Ravens are the shit because they came out. And what I realized in watching this game, Seth, is that you need to play damn near perfect football, at least early, if you're going to beat Baltimore. Because exactly what the Rams didn't want to happen happened in this game. They came out, they went three and out on their first possession, and then Baltimore led a long, sustained drive and scored a touchdown right away. And immediately, that was the end of the game. Because as soon as Baltimore gets ahead, what do they do? They run the ball, they run the clock, and they play really aggressive defense. So they're running, they're running crazy blitz schemes, they're jumping passes, and it's really hard to play against a defense that knows it can be that aggressive basically without penalty. And so the Ravens exactly executed what their game plan was, and the Rams just couldn't handle it. They got steamrolled. Um, I turned this game off. I, n- I have not in a long time turned a Rams game off. I turned it off. Um, but <laughs> before I did, the Ravens came out. The Ravens had six drives. All six of their drives ended in touchdowns. You never see that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was into the fourth quarter. The Ravens only had six drives going into the fourth quarter. So you know they dominated time of possession. Uh, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson ended five of those drives with touchdown passes. And this was this was a perfect storm for the for Balt. Well, per, depending on you know your your definition of perfect storm, but this was this was everything the Ravens wanted and nothing that the Rams wanted. Um, and 
I, I'm going to talk a little bit, my one more thing about how much, whether or not we should get carried away with this result. But I think what you saw was Baltimore is a team that is going to beat your ass unless you pay damn near perfect football and Rams just didn't play damn near perfect football and they got made an example of. Yeah, that, that that was a rough game. Uh, Definitely would have been a game I turned off as well. So I don't blame you for doing that. Um, Yeah. The the Ravens, I mean, they're the hottest team in football right now. And I, I I don't think it's very close. I mean, you know, you can talk about the conversation with, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson as an MVP conversation. That's a completely different conversation, I think, than the hottest team in football. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the Ravens, and it is crazy that that they are the hottest team in football right now. Just again, you talk about looking at rosters and looking at talent. The Ravens don't have an incredibly talented roster. They really don't. Um, you know, they have a few pieces here and there, and getting Marcus Peters, who's a former former first round pick, is great, but. Like you look at their receiving core, um, they have a they have a, a young rookie. They've got uh, Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts are their top receivers. <laughs> um, if if you if you can tell me, and I, I only know this because I pay really close attention to fantasy, but if someone can tell me the team that Seth Roberts played for before, like where he came from, like if you even knew he was a, a wide receiver in the NFL, I'll give you a dollar because yeah. he <laughs> he you know he he's a guy that's kind of jumped around. He's on the Raiders for a while. Like he's not. He's not a good receiver, but he's looked very good because of of the offense they're running right now. Willie Sneed is a guy who was a third wide receiver in in New Orleans for a while. Been fine, but he's looked like a star. Um, again, Hollywood Brown, Mar- Marquise Brown, has looked outstanding, and he's a rookie. Um, you know, it, it it's it is insane what they're doing. Mark Ingram, who again backup and and you know is kind of. He always had to be the number two guy. Is a clear number one guy right now. A guy like Gus Edwards is playing really well. Like that. That's the lamest name in football. Mm. Uh, and and he is and he is. Uh, you know he's he's killing it. I mean, it is insane what they're doing. Defense has been on fire since Marcus Peters came there. Of course, he had to have a pick in this game to get a little revenge. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy what the Ravens are doing right now. So uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch, especially this week. Um, the Rams, you know, they they've had some tough sledding the last three or four weeks. I mean, they 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 uh, they won the games that they should have, but in some of these games that against some of the higher caliber teams, it's it's been tough for them. And um, I know I don't know exactly, you know, if there's a certain category, but I know at least like if you're talking fantasy football, Jared Goff has been the thirty. He's the thirty second ranked quarterback right now. <laughs> so you know he he's he's for the money he is getting. Uh, he should be playing a lot better. And I know you can't put it all on him, but I think with the money he's getting, it kind of does start with him in terms of the offense right now. He took a huge step forward. He took a huge step forward last year. He was great last year. There's no taking away from what he did last year. He was in the MVP conversation. But this year, he's been a huge disappointment uh, for that team. Mm -hmm. So um, it's tough. It it is very tough because they they didn't – we've talked about They didn't lose a lot. You know, they lost some linemen, lost a bit on defense, but – Offensively, they're still they stood they should still be putting up the numbers they did last year, and they just they just don't look right. The Rams' offense does not look right right now. Um, we'll see if they get it together, but it's kind of it's it's almost a little too late. I mean, I know they're six and five, but they still have to have some help to get there. Um, they're they're still a couple games back, so we'll see what they do. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like, but. It's going to be tough for them. Mm-hmm. So they, they got to, they got to hope for some losses. Yeah, so for the Rams at 6 and 5, still very much in it and here's why. Uh they're two games now behind 
the uh, the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, but what's what's nice for the Rams is that if the Rams play really well here on out, which I, I'm not betting on, but if they did, <laughs> uh, the Rams have games left against Seattle and the Niners, so they get to play each of those teams, and the Vikings play I, against I the Packers. So one of one of those teams is going to lose, and if the Rams in in my hypothetical scenario were to beat the Niners yeah. and the Seahawks, they're very much in the mix. But you're counting then on beating the Niners and the Seahawks. They also yeah, play the Cowboys. Say, it's a tough road to hoe for the Rams. I, um, I, I was going to say when you said they get to play the Niners and Seahawks, right? Uh, that's, that's not a that's not a get to think get to play thing. Like if if the Rams had the Cleveland Brown schedule. I would say, oh, yeah, story. they're yeah. making the playoffs. They're ma- easily making the playoffs. But getting to play the Niners and Seahawks is like getting to put your foot in, in a waffle iron. Like, that, <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it. And the, Ram- the way the Rams are playing now, you're exactly right. It's not a we get to play and get back in position. It's, oh, shit, we have to go play those teams. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. Like, we have to win. And like you said, the Rams have played good defense. That has been the one bright spot of the team. But they have been exploited in games against teams with better op- – like. The last few weeks when, when they've played well, they played teams like the Bengals, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, the defense has played well against bad teams, mm-hmm. which is expected. But, you know, putting getting 45 points put up against anyone is not a good look. Yeah, no. Good, good teams, well-coached teams don't do that. And that's what, that's what happened to the Rams here this week is – they got exposed. And the Rams very clearly, and a lot of people have been on this boat for a month now, uh, the Rams are not a top-tier team in this league. They just aren't. They're a middle-of-the-road team. They're going to have to work really mm-hmm. hard to get wins. And they've got some adjustments to do. And honestly, and as a Rams fan, this feels blasphemous to say, I think a lot of this comes down to Sean McVay. I don't know because mm-hmm. you made a point earlier, Not a lot of the talent on this team is still there. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do you take this big of a step back I don't know, other than coaching. You know, you take a look at a lot of teams around the league. Dallas is one. They are stupid talented. They have pro bowlers. They probably have 20 pro bowlers on Dallas. And then they are six and five. And it's the same story with the Rams mm-hmm. is at some point you got to start questioning the coaching. you got to start questioning, in the Rams' case, the leadership of Jared Goff. Uh, you know, what are they doing with Gurley? There's a lot of questions and a lot of – and it's not clear and obvious where the blame belongs. And that's part of the problem for the Rams is they don't really know what to fix. So – the Rams mm-hmm. have a lot of question marks that they're going to need to address. I I don't I'm not putting money on this team making the playoffs. They would need a lot of fortune and they would need to turn this team around in a major way very quickly. They've got a game coming up um I I want to say it's against Arizona this week that I'm nervous about because of the way yeah. that I've seen Arizona playing. So this is a Rams team that has some concerns um even though they're just they're an embarrassment of riches in terms of talent, but they they've got some shit to figure out. Um and you you look at it too like they don't have a first round pick till 2021, I don't think now. Mm-hmm. And they have and no cap. They have a they yeah, they, they have a bunch of money sunk in Gurley who has been again, he's gone back to like what he was in his sophomore year. He's been fine. Mm-hmm. Um but like last year a big reason they were winning so much is because he was he was on fire. He was awesome. Um Jared Goff has a b- bunch of money sunk into him. If they want to keep Ramsey, they have to put money into him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they and again, don't have first round picks, so it's they're they're in a really bad spot right now, unfortunately, in terms of the the future of that franchise. Especially if you look at that division, all those other teams on their way up right now, mm-hmm. and and it goes to show like how small that window is yeah. for a team to win a Super Bowl. So small, um, and, and so uh, yeah, it, it's it's they're in a tough tough spot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got some things to figure out. I, 
I want to finish with a stat that I read today that made me want to puke. Um, in their last three games combined, Baltimore has punted twice. <laughs> and in both of those drives, they had taken out Lamar Jackson and put in RG3. Yeah. <laughs> Lamar, Lamar Jackson-led drives have not punted in three weeks. Do you know how easy it is That's to be crazy. forced to punt? You have a holding call and a sack. It's very <laughs> great right. teams punt all the time. Yeah. And these guys aren't fucking punting. It's stupid. Yeah. Like, I watched well, a lot of that game. It felt like a lot of games of Madden I've played where I'm just getting trounced. And they're, like, fucking going yeah. for it on fourth down in the third quarter when they're up 30 points. It felt like playing a yeah. dickhead kid that's way better than you at Madden. <laughs> and then bo- fucking Booger McFarlane. I don't, don't even get me started on Booger talking about the Rams in that game. It was – this was, the, as a Rams fan, super embarrassing game. And I've seen, I've seen one in 15 Rams teams. I've not been this embarrassed to watch the Rams in years. <laughs> yeah it's rough yeah it is rough, rough. but the Ravens I've been there Ravens are playing great football they're really hot uh I want to talk I'm going to talk about them a little bit later in my one more thing but they they you have to admit they're the hottest team in football right now they're 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 dancing on the fucking field they're like Cam Newton a couple years ago and he won MVP they're, they're not even sweating they're laughing their way through these fucking games right now uh, mm-hmm. against the NFC champion they're laughing their way to a 40 point victory it's 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 dumb I hate it <sighs> There, are you glad we fucking, you wanted to talk about the Ravens-Rams and we got it in? Are you happy? I think we had, in, in terms of the, the integrity of the show, I think we had to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, well, fuck integrity, Seth. I'm very obviously biased and I want that to show. I want our listeners to know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, that said, I, I did correctly pick the most games. I, I had to pick against my Rams this week and, and I was correct in that and that ended up uh, making all the difference for me. But I was the pick champion. I'm not even going to gloat. I'm not in the mood to do it. Um but uh, we look forward now. With five games to go, every team is finished with buys, and every team has five games to go. So we're coming. Excuse me. We're coming down the stretch here uh, for the season, and uh, with Thanksgiving approaching, we actually uh, have to turn back the clock to talk about three games that have already occurred. So let's let's get into your Thursday night matchups here. I'm gonna take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. All right, triple header Thanksgiving Day, and uh, we've got uh, kind of some interesting matchups here. So we start in the morning, uh, morning for me, I suppose, noon for for my central uh, central time zone friends. Uh, Bears at Detroit here, and this is a game that I, I think you know, I think we thought would be more meaningful. Uh, you know, coming into the season and at different points in the season, you know, two, three weeks in, we thought this was going to be a really great, important matchup. Uh, but now, not a super meaningful game. This one's going to be played in Detroit, as is tradition on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think this will be a fun and, and and entertaining game to watch. I think these teams match up pretty well. Um, so while we won't be seeing great football, I, I think it'll be relatively entertaining. Detroit uh, is getting two and a half points here. So, um the home team is uh, is the underdog. I'm going to go ahead and take Detroit in this game. Um, Driscoll took a step back this week, but uh, you know I think he's a serviceable quarterback, at least on par with Trubisky, if you ask me. And I've got a home team who's very used to playing on Thanksgiving, getting two and a half points. Uh, I don't think the gap between these two teams is very big, and so I'm going to gonna go ahead and take the points here. I'm going go with the Bears. Um, th- I mean... After last week, you just don't know what you're going to get out of the Lions. Plus, Driscoll has been banged up. He got hurt in that game. Uh, he's going to be coming into this game banged up as well. Um, 
I you know I don't like either team. I don't think that I I don't think this will be entertaining at all. Um, but I but I think uh, it'll probably be a three point game either way. And I think uh, if that's the case, then I'll take the Bears uh, minus two and a half. Yep, I feel you. Uh, the game I'm most interested to watch on Thanksgiving is the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Buffalo Bills here, and. Uh, you know, you have the league's top offense in Dallas going against one of the league's top defenses in Buffalo. And both of these teams have had some of the same criticisms all year. You know, uh, good records for the most part, but really they're just beating crap teams and losing to good ones. So I think this is a chance for both teams to kind of prove themselves uh, as real contenders here. Dallas is the favorite by six and a half points. And I don't know whether or not I think Buffalo is going to win this game, but I think that defense is going to think keep things close. I think this is a relatively low-scoring game and, um, and that it's closer than a touchdown. So if I'm getting 6.5 for Buffalo, I'm going to go ahead and take that and, and give me the Bills on the road. Yeah, but I have to agree with you on that one as well. Um, this is one that I think maybe the Bills even squeak out a win in, but, uh, yeah, I, I think this will be a very close game. I, I don't think the Cowboys have – enough uh especially after last week enough firepower too I, I think this is another game Amari Cooper is, is shut down pretty well uh being probably shadowed by Tredavious White so uh yeah I, th- I think this is a close one and and uh the Bills are cover will cover if um let me ask you this Seth if Dallas gets beat convincingly at home on Thanksgiving and falls to six and six you firing Jerry or are you firing uh Jason Garrett on Friday no not not I don't think it's that that much of a collapse yet I mean they'll still probably make the playoffs so it wouldn't be till after the season if they do that at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I heard a couple of rumblings about that today and I'm in the same boat if, you, if you're if you're on the way to the playoffs I don't think he can fire the coach but um I, I do think that he's he's maybe the weakness on this team uh, based on what I've seen so we'll see what they do on Thursday um Thursday night finishes up with the Atlanta Falcons playing host to the to the New Orleans Saints now Atlanta beat the pants off of the Saints a couple weeks ago and now they get to play at home in Atlanta in a big primetime matchup. Um, so for Atlanta here, you know, an opportunity here to beat the Saints, um, they're not going to do it. Let's not be stupid, you guys. Um, <laughs> the Saints are a better team. Law of averages says that the Saints are going to come in and dominate this game. I think they're going to do that. So eat your six and a half. I take the Saints running away in this one. They're playing a lot better football than they were two weeks ago. Kamara is healthy again. They're really hitting their stride, and I think they're going to make example out of Atlanta on Thursday night. Yep, I agree with you on that one. Yep. All right, let's go uh, onward. So that's your Skip. Thursday night. That's your Thursday night uh, <laughs> series of matchups. So let, let's jump forward to uh, to the Sunday matchups as well. It's coming right for us. God, we begin with a meaningless game. Uh, Cincinnati Skip. is home against the Jets. Uh, Jets are favored by three and a half. I'll take them to cover. Yep. Yep. Uh, here's an interesting one. We, we may be, I'm going to, I'm going to be watching this one just so if, just cause I can't afford UFC. Um, the Steelers <laughs> are at home against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland is favored here. It's only a point and a half. So it's essentially, you know, a, a pick em game. And as much as I hate to say this because, you know, I've been saying it all year about the Browns, loser. I, I think that, I think they're going to win this game. I, I think they're just the more complete team. Uh, they don't play def- They don't do anything as well as Pittsburgh plays defense. I'll grant you that. But we saw this a few weeks ago. You know, you can win a, a, a 17 to 10 game or a 13 six game against Pittsburgh because their offense hasn't done much. They're going to Devlin Hodges in this, the third string quarterback. 
I, I just think that that Cleveland has more talent and that they're going to win this one. Um, so if if only a point and a half is the line here, eat that worthless point and give me Cleveland. Yeah, again, playing the type of football like I talked about, um, running the football a lot. I think that's that's the area that they do better than I think Pittsburgh plays defense is run the football. Um, having the, those two stud running backs who would both be starters on every other team they're on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the uh, the Browns as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it pains me to pick those fuckers, but I had to do it here. <laughs> um, let's see here. New York Giants. They are dogs to the Green Bay Packers. The line here is six and a half. So the question here is, do the Packers bounce back after an embarrassing showing on Sunday Night Football? I say yes. Uh, this Green Bay team with an angry Aaron Rodgers, I think, will come out and hang a bunch of points on a very terrible New York Giants defense. And, you know, you talk about, you know, okay, will the Giants be able to score? We talked about it before, Seth. The teams that have scored and played well against the Packers are teams that can line up and run them over with good offensive lines. The Giants have a shit offensive line. So I don't think that they're going to be able to hang with with, uh, Green Bay. So I take them running away, eat your six and a half. I, I compare this to like so the the Packers last week got beat up on right they're like that they're the Packers are like that that bully or kid in school who who does get beat up by the by the biggest bully they're gonna go find the 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 smallest kid they can and beat the shit out of them <laughs> that smallest kid being the Giants so uh, yeah I'm going I'm going to the Packers as well I think this is gonna be a shellacking uh, and we'll give them a little momentum here. Um, now coming to the end of the season, especially in, in a couple weeks against the Vikings. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I love that bully analogy. Um, <laughs> let's go to the AFC South. Big time. All of a sudden, a big, big, big matchup. Uh, the Colts against the Titans here. And these are teams that seem to be trending in opposite directions, Seth. The Colts are favored at home here by two and a half points. But, you know, we've been talking a lot about these Titans the last few weeks. Tannehill has got them fired up. Derrick Henry is running his ass off. This defense has played well all season. And uh, Vrabel's got him playing really good football. So I, I'm going to take Tennessee to, to uh, especially if I'm getting two and a half points, uh, I got to take Tennessee in this one. And I, I think I'm with you that this is a team that, that is starting to look like a real threat. Yeah, I think Mr. Ryan Tannehill is uh, going to get himself an, another win. Uh, and I think they're going to they're gonna put themselves in the uh, division conversation after this one. I've liked the Colts all year. You know, we've talked about them. But right now, I just think the Titans are coming on real strong. They're playing good football. Um, I, I like the Titans in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you always talk about, and I've heard, you know, it's no secret, I, I listen to Colin Cowherd a lot, and he always talks about, okay, in, in order to be a good team in the NFL, you have to be special at something. And, you know, Titans, we've talked about, have a couple special qualities, especially Derrick Henry, I think he's a special back. But the Colts do everything well, but nothing really, really great. And mm-hmm. I think that's why they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team right now. And like I said, they're, they're kind of trending in the wrong direction, and Titans have all the momentum. So this is one of my favorite picks this week. I'll be excited to watch some of this game. I am not excited to watch Miami play against <laughs> the Eagles. Um, now, I, the line here is nine and a half. And I think for me, so I'm going to end up picking the Eagles here. And I know that might be a little bit of a surprise because I've been down on the Eagles. We all have been. Um, and the Dolphins have have prevented teams from covering the nine and a half points in the past. But the Eagles, the Eagles offense relies when they when they when they play well, they rely on big plays. And Miami gives up big plays often. So I think this I think they end up covering here. I'm not crazy confident in it. But uh, I think just the way that these teams match up is such that the Eagles 
could end up running away from it. So I'm not going to be surprised if you take the Dolphins in the points, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Eagles. Yeah, I put money on the Dolphins last week, uh, and they didn't cover the 10.5 against the Browns. Um, but again, I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. Um, I just think the Eagles aren't a good team. They're not put together right now. They're 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 really on a on a spiral at the moment. And uh, you know, as as for as how for how bad the Dolphins have been, they're still playing tough. Even again against the Browns, they they tried coming back after halftime and played well after halftime. So, you know, well, I think that the Dolphins here um, keep it close, and uh, the Eagles do not score more than. Nine and a half points more than the Dolphins. I like it. That's way to explain it all. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing for the Eagles here, if the if the Cowboys lose on Thursday, the Eagles could be trying to play themselves into a tie for that division. So things could get interesting in the NFC East if uh, if those two games shake out that way. Um, but we shall see. Let's go to Jacksonville, where um, this this I think is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, here are a couple teams. Oh my god! Here are a couple teams that uh, that love to chuck it deep, and neither one of them plays good defense. So Jacksonville here uh, is hosting the Buccaneers. Yeah. Jacksonville's favored by a point and a half at home, and as I have done all season, it's it's a close game. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Give me Tampa. Um, I uh, you know Winston is turning it over. Yes, I get that. But they're also putting up points, and they're putting up yards, and they're moving the ball. And this is a Jacksonville defense that I don't think is going to slow them down. So I think this is a high-scoring game. Give me the over on it, depending on what that line is. Um, but uh, in terms of the pick here, I'll take uh, Tampa Bay plus a point and a half. Do you like watching preseason football? Dude. Because that's what you're watching <laughs> with with all of these Buccaneers games, with all these fucking uh, – like. <laughs> these Cardinals games that you like, you just like meaningless games. You like watching meaningless. meaningless I like, football I like games. it when it, it's the same reason people like watching like, um, like a lot of people like watching college sports instead of the NFL. Like it's better because they're not as good. Like it's a little more sloppy and therefore a little more entertaining. Like everything, if everything happens perfectly by the book, like I would way rather watch the Little League World Series than watch pro baseball for the exact same reason. And so these are this is a Little League World Series matchup if I've ever seen one. I think it's going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be a lot of turnovers and a lot of touchdowns. That's what I mean by entertaining. I'm not saying this is going to be good football, yeah. but um, but I, I think it could be fun. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. See, and I, I love watching Days of Our Lives rather than Breaking Bad. So I guess you know that that makes a lot of sense too. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God, that's great. Uh. <laughs> Did you make your your pick? Right. I might have cut you off. No, I didn't. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers just just because this is stupid. I'm going to move on. Ghost team picking the Bucks. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, this one, um, this next one was an easy pick for me. We have Carolina, and they're hosting the Redskins. The line here is nine and a half. And you know, we talked a second ago about Carolina bouncing back from not enough <laughs> from their bad yeah from their bad loss and having a having a really solid performance against against the Saints in a losing effort. Uh, you know, you talk about that bully going to find a skinny kid to beat up. I think this is that game, and I think Carolina runs away with it. So um, I think they cover the 9.5 here against a terrible, terrible Washington team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Haskins better get his selfies early because I don't think he's going to be having fun at the end of that game. Um, the the game of the week, I don't care who you're talking to, is going to be Baltimore against the What, Niners. it's not Buccaneers and fucking... <laughs> The Jaguars? That's not the game of the well, week? I mean, Jesus. maybe for me it is, but like for, for more people, like at the end of the day, more people are going to watch Breaking Bad, and I understand that. This is <laughs> this is your Breaking Bad game of the week. Um, Baltimore <laughs> is favored by four and a half points at home 
against the San Francisco 49ers. I am so stoked to watch this game because these are two teams that play the exact same style of football. If you can get out, get a lead, run the ball well, and play aggressive defense, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, whether the, the unstoppable force or the immovable object um, you know, loses here. Um, but I think, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Lamar Jackson that decides this game because he's got the X factor that they don't have on San Francisco, that ultimate mobility. So the line is four and a half. I'm not going to be surprised if this is a field goal game, but I am going to go ahead and take Baltimore here to, to cover that spread. Um, but I, I wish it was a, a two and a half line instead of a four and a half. I'd feel much better about it, but I am going to take Baltimore to cover at home. Yeah, I mean, and normally I'd agree with you. Like I would go with the the team that has the hotter player right now, the 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 team that is just on more of a roll. Um, but for whatever reason, I think the Niners continue to prove because they're they're st- even though they're the the best team in the NFC right now. But you know, if you look at record and all that stuff, they're still a team that people have question marks about. Um, the Ravens do not. The Ravens have zero question marks right now. Um, they they're playing great on all facets. The Niners are, you know, numbers wise, statistically, they're playing great on all facets. But they're still doubters. They're still question marks. And even myself, I, I have a little bit of a doubt too, just because of some of the teams they have played. Um, but I've, I've I've spent this whole season doubting them. That for whatever reason, I have a feeling they they keep this close. I feel like they're the first team in a while to kind of put the brakes on Lamar Jackson a little bit. Um, and I think a big equalizer here in this one is Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Bosa has a big game um, and is going to be causing a lot of havoc uh, to Lamar Jackson. So I think this is close, if not even the right, the Niners win. So I'm, I'm taking the Niners side of things here. Yeah, I, I can't blame you for that pick. I think I think it's pretty close to a coin flip. And if, you know, the four and a half seems like a, a widespread to me. I think a lot of that's based on their performance against the Rams. But uh, that is mm-hmm. one that I have bookmarked. Uh, I will be watching the entirety of that game on uh, on Sunday afternoon. After that, I'll be tuning in to the Arizona Cardinals, who host my L.A. Rams. Uh, and again, Seth, this is a, this is a game I'm nervous about, honestly, um, for L.A. because they are the opposite of hot right now. And Arizona's lost, I think, four straight games now, That would be too. cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be cold, yes. Um, Arizona's <laughs> lost, like, four straight games, but they've played well in all of them. Like, Arizona has stuff to feel good about. The Rams just don't have yeah. that right now. <laughs> and the way that they match up, uh, you know, Kyler Murray and what this offense is doing, I, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. I'm I'm going to pick the Rams here, Seth, because something has to shake up the juju for the Rams here, and hopefully it's me picking them again. Um I do think that the weakness of the Arizona defense could mean that the Rams put points up again. I think you could see the Rams you saw a month ago rather than a week ago. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams to cover. I'm hoping they win by a touchdown, but this is this is mostly wishful thinking to me. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Cardinals. I just, you know, you look at both teams recently. I think I believe the Cardinals are coming off a bye as well. Um and they they got a lot of talent. The, the, I think the you know as, as much as they give up on their defense, they put up on their offense. Their offense has looked very good, and that's even without their star player and David Johnson playing well. Like they they traded for Kenyon Drake, and he's been very good. Um, Christian Kirk has been really good. I mean, Kyler's a game changer. I uh, I, I like this Cardinals team a lot. I, I like them a lot for the future, and I think that they they play tough against the Rams. So, um, you know, I I think the Rams have had plenty of opportunity against some bad teams to come out and just completely mollywop them. 
Um, and they haven't done that. They've, they've, you know, they've won the games they, they should, uh, but they haven't come out there and, and completely dominated teams. So I don't think they do that against the Cardinals and the Cardinals have played tough against a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I even said the line here, but the Rams are favored by three and a half. So it's a pretty, a, a pretty yeah. attractive spread if you like Arizona in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, Molly Wop is what happens when I take recreational drugs and do line dances. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to an AFC West matchup. Uh, ultimately a meaningless one, but still an AFC West matchup. Uh, the LA Chargers are headed to Denver. Coast team. To play the Broncos. LA Chargers are a coast team, and I'm going to take them here. Uh, the spread is two and a half points, Chargers being the favorites. And, you know, this is one, you know, I just think the Chargers are a more talented team. They haven't played to their level of talent all season, but when it comes down to it, I I do think they're the better team than Denver. And, uh, you know, they're only getting two and a half. If this was a three and a half or four and a half point spread, I might think differently, but uh, Chargers minus a field goal is okay with me. So give me LA on the road. Yep, I agree with you. Mm. We go now to the Raiders, and they're going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. And I have not given up on on Coe's team of the year right now. Uh, that is, of course, the Oakland Raiders. And the line here, Seth, is nine and a half points. And I know that Oakland looked bad this last week, but I don't think that's that. I don't think that's Oakland. Um, I don't know what happened this week. I don't know if everybody had the flu or if Derek Carr's girlfriend broke up with him or something. But like, <laughs> I expect the Raiders to play quite a bit better here. And this is a Raiders offense that I that when it when it's playing to its capability is a solid offense. And Casey's defense has not been special. And on the opposite side of things, you know, I think you see a big game from Mahomes here. I think if this is, I think this is a game where both teams score a lot of points. And I, I just don't think KC is going to beat the piss out of Oakland like this line suggests. So if I'm getting nine and a half points here in a division matchup, these teams have already played once. Uh, I'm going to have to take Oakland plus nine and a half here. Maybe I'm biased, but that's that's my pick. You know who also doesn't have a good defense? Oakland. <laughs> The Jets. Well, fuck you. They put up three. They put up three points against the Jets. I told you, Derek Carr was sick, and his girlfriend dumped him. Okay, you would well, have a bad. Game if too. his girl, if his girlfriend dumped him, um, you know, I think that's probably a bad situation considering he's married. So, yeah, but uh, that, still, that dude, probably... if the side chick leaves, that throws off your whole juju as a football player. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that's rough. Then I mean I'm sure he had a lot going on in his mind. Uh, you know, he's missing all those throws. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's rough for him. You know what but, the problem uh, was? On Saturday, he went to see uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and he was just emotionally uh, distraught from having sure. seen that movie. And he was just off. You know, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, it does. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs on this one. I just think they're <laughs> <laughs> I think they're a better team. They're coming off the bye. Ding. And uh, we're going to ring a bell every time I say that. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just think the, I think the Chiefs – they're a team that a lot of people have dropped down in their rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a team that has, and, and rightfully so, but I also think that they're a lot like the Rams, a team that are just as talented, if not more, than last year, especially in offense. So, um, you know, let I, I think that the, the, the Chiefs come out here in this game and maybe get their name back in that conversation for a potential uh, contender here. Yeah, I mean, that that's certainly what the Chiefs are looking at here is a chance to dominate this game and, and get more respect because you, they, you're right, they've been disrespected these last couple weeks. Um, so a chance for them to uh, to really own a team and get back in that conversation. Uh, going into some tough matchups afterwards, uh, some really good games down the stretch for them. <clears throat> One of the teams they have left to play this season is the Patriots. Uh, they're headed to Houston to play in Sunday night football. 
Uh, Patriots are favored by three and a half points here. And this is an interesting game because the Patriots have been winning these low-scoring games, and uh, Houston, when they're playing well, is such a high-powered offense and puts up a lot of points. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, which works and which doesn't. I'm going to bet on the Patriots here because mm-hmm. they've got such a special secondary, and Deshaun Watson likes to play fast and loose, and that's really exciting. But this defense is going to make you pay for doing that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you saw just one of the picks, uh, Gilmore had a pick uh, on a throw that was not that bad. It was a catchable ball <laughs> for the wide receiver that he yeah. just took. And that's yep. the kind of shit that this New England defense is going to do to uh, a quarterback that they've played enough times, they know the scouting report, and Belichick is a better coach than Bill O'Brien, and it's not close. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, three and a half points, uh, keep them, and I'll take the Patriots on the road to assert dominance over a, a team that is a respectable AFC team. But uh, Patriots need to get back that number one team in the NFL vibe that they had a couple weeks ago by dominating uh, a playoff contender, and I think they're going to do it. I agree. <laughs> Here's an interesting one, Seth. Uh, Monday night football. Oh, I don't think there was any football on Monday night this week. I thought the Vikings <laughs> were, had another bye this week. I, I really enjoyed that bye week. It was, it was oh, very I'm sure, relaxing. yeah. You and uh, one of our friends, Doug, who's a Vikings fan, uh, was really eager to talk shit on Monday night. Um, so you know that I will be watching this game very hey, closely. This is the first. T- this is the first I said anything about that game uh, today. No, I so. know, I know. You you were fine. You understand uh, that I'm not to be trifled with when it comes to the Rams. You get it. But uh, <laughs> some of our other friends aren't on that same train. Um, so your Vikings on Monday Night Football go to Seattle to play against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Here, the line here is Seattle by two and a half points, which effectively is a toss up. You know, home field advantage. You get a couple points. Uh, and that's what we're looking at here. So I am really excited to see this game. I think it's a brilliant matchup. I'm not. I'm so glad that it's Monday night. I get that you're nervous about I'm not. it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, here's what you're, you're going to see one of these teams assert itself. And if the Vikings can come in on the road and beat the Seahawks team, I, I think I think the hype train is is off and running for Minnesota because everyone's been kind of unsure Kirk Cousins about them so Cousins puts on his conductor hat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God help us if Doug gets wind of a Vikings win in this one. Um, (laughs) But on the other side, you have the Seahawks trying to keep pace with the Niners and potentially get that division. Um, This is a really, really exciting matchup for this point of the season. Two playoff teams, almost guaranteed to be playoff teams, uh, barring a collapse on either side. I think for me... Don't put it past the Vikings. (laughs) I know we're going to agree on this pick because I'm going to take the Seahawks. Um, Uh I think that home field, Russell Wilson in prime time is incredible. Uh, again, it's a great matchup. The Vikings have a lot of talent, and we saw Kirk Cousins perform well in primetime a couple weeks back. I think that's the exception, not the rule. And if it comes down to Kirk Cousins against Russell Wilson, which I kind of expect it to, uh, which mm-hmm. is not the Vikings' game plan, but I think the Seahawks will force him into that, uh, I take Russell Wilson every single time over Kirk Cousins. So uh, Seattle by a field goal, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with, but I'm really excited to watch this game. Um, not quite as excited as you are. Um, <laughs> that's not the excited is not the adjective. Um, yeah, I'm, I hate. Not only do I hate primetime games in general, I any games outside of noon I hate for the Vikings. <laughs> but even beyond that, I hate Monday night games even more. Uh, those are always the worst, and uh, especially because if the Vikings lose, I have to go to bed pissed. So <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> but. Yeah, this, all all of this makes me very nervous. Um, coming off such a just a, a weird game against the Broncos, going into going into a bye week, uh, and then coming out a, a Monday night game in prime time, 
again, off the bye, which you never know how the Vikings are going to do off the bye. They're, they're either, like, better, like a lot better, or they're a lot worse. <laughs> so I don't know how this is going to go. Um, I'm going, I mean, obviously, we know I'm choosing the Seahawks, but in terms of if I'm just looking at it as a real game, I am just as clueless as everyone else in this one. I have no idea what's going to happen. So uh should be fun. <laughs> oh yeah, you're really you're really pumped. Um it's going to be interesting here. Uh I'm I'm excited for this game. There's there's a there's a handful of really good games this weekend and that that playoff picture and who what teams are real and what teams aren't is is really starting to kind of come into focus. So uh, it's going to be an interesting week. It is the final week of most fantasy football leagues, uh, regular season at least. So um, you're probably out there uh, setting your lineup for uh, for your, your your playoff push. I have already secured my spot in the playoffs, so I, I will. And again, he pats himself on the back I, so I will be... that he can feel a little better about the Rams <laughs> not making the playoffs. I will be sleeping very well uh, this weekend. Not not worrying. Will you now? <laughs> yeah, not not worrying about my fantasy team and. Uh, you know, just uh, in, sure. just enjoying, you know, enjoying, uh, you know, football and 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 all of that. So it, it's going to be. You're right. I'm I'm trying really hard to make myself feel better. That that that's going to hurt. It's going <laughs> to hurt for a while, dude. I I am probably in what could be categorized as grief. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is, right? Say lovey. Um, anyway, lovey. those are those are the games coming up this weekend and our predictions. If you want to play pigskin pick 'em against Seth and I. Uh, hit the link in the description box and uh, go head to head with your boys and uh, see if you can pick the games better. So far, I've been really fucking good at it this year, uh, and nobody else can hang with my stuff. So, uh, if you sure. if you think you can, <laughs> okay. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Wow, yeah. you're you're on one today. Just after <laughs> you really need a confidence boost. <laughs> you know, it's it's like. Um, you know, you talked about Green You're, Green Bay got embarrassed, and now they're going to have to come out and flex against the Giants. Like, I got embarrassed yeah. this last week, and now I need to come out and flex. But I can't count on the Rams to do it for me, so I just have to do it myself. And say, thank God your birthday is is tomorrow, because <laughs> uh, you're 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 getting all the you're get you're getting manufactured compliments and nice nice comments yep. a couple of days after that that terrible loss. So. <laughs> yeah, the universe has a way of of keeping you even keel. Um, God, I you you talk about me pumping myself up. I would be insufferable today if the Rams had won that game. So I think I think you and America are on the fortunate side of of, of things today. Um, but uh, yeah, hit us up on the pigskin pick'em, and uh, those those are your game uh, previews for this week. It's coming right for us. All right, so we don't bet on the pigskin pick'em, but uh, Seth likes to make a couple bucks, and uh, he wants to help you make some money as well. So let's get into Seth's bets this week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Are you not going to introduce anything? Oh, I, I, I guess I, I, I wasn't going. I like hit the sounder and then I like leaned back to cool out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I wasn't going to. Um, All right, but well, I can. I guess I'll introduce my own segment here. Uh, <laughs> I have to keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't listen to me though, actually, because last week I did very bad. It was a tough week um, last week. Got, yeah, it was very bad. Um, I think I got one out of five, so thumbs up to me. Um, this week, what I like, um, looking at again, kind of weird week uh, if you're just looking at games in general and 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 lines and Thanksgiving kind of has some weird games. So, 
Um, some things I do like, though, in terms of the Thursday games, I do like Buffalo versus Dallas. The over-under is 46, which I think is kind of high. I like the under 46 on that one. Both teams like to run the football. Uh, Buffalo plays really good defense. We saw what happened uh, this week with, with uh, Dallas against a, a the best defense. <laughs> um, they only scored nine points. I think this will be a low-scoring game. Both teams probably score in the range of you know 15 to 20 points. So, um Tennessee versus Indianapolis. Uh, we talked about that already. I like Tennessee getting two and a half points. I think they even win this game. Uh, looking at the Jets uh, and Bengals game, um, you know, it's something I've noticed is, is betting on these bad teams is, is usually a good thing. You know, you can usually uh, get a better idea of what you're looking at for bets. So I, not only do I like Jets minus three and a half, I think they win this game pretty handily. Um, I, I also like the over in this one. Two bad defenses, uh, two offenses that like to throw a ton over 40 and a half points. I don't think that's too many points. Uh, the Jets have put up 30 points the last three weeks, I think, now on their own. I think the Bengals uh, can put up at least 10. So uh, I, I like over 40 and a half. And then we talked about earlier, too, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Cleveland getting or Cleveland, Cleveland minus one and a half points. Um, I just think they win this game, and I think they do it by over a point and a half. And uh, so th- that is my logic on that one. So those are my bets for the week. Yeah. I, I like them. I think those are good picks. Uh, I'm going to bet all the money I have on those five games, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, Seth. I've basically I've been waiting this entire very long podcast to get into my one more thing. So let's let's hurry up and get there. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. America and Seth. I learned America. I learned America. a very important lesson on Monday night, and and Seth alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, referred to the Super Bowl window as very small. Um, the the point I want to make is, and I've done this. I've done it on this very podcast, but I've learned my lesson. Okay, let's fucking not anoint teams and players and coaches as the second coming so quickly, right? Last season, the Rams were the best team ever made. Sean McVay was future Hall of Fame head coach. Jared Goff was an MVP candidate. Todd Gurley was better than Barry Sanders. And fast forward now, and they're not going to make the playoffs, and they're looking ugly against really great teams. The NFL changes so quickly um, that you can't, we can't make sweeping generalizations. Even today, you know, I w- and I was listening to Booger McFarlane talk about fucking Ravens on Monday night, which was infuriating. They're the greatest team to ever play football, and Lamar Jackson is changing the league as we know it. And we all know that that's probably not going to fucking happen. Most likely, the Patriots will end up humbling the Ravens in the playoffs, and everything will be back to business as usual. Every time we decide that someone is the next big thing, or this is the way the league is now, or this is a second-year quarterback who's officially a legend, it always goes wrong. Now, I'm not saying that won't happen. It's very possible that Lamar Jackson goes on to have an incredible career, and we're all very excited about it. But we can't fucking decide that now. He's played in 16 games. So... I just caution you, America, and I know I'm biased by this because they beat my Rams. Let's not anno- <laughs> let's not start calling Lamar Jackson the MVP because, first of all, it is highly disrespectful to Russell Wilson. I think I think anyone saying that Lamar Jackson is the MVP over Russell Wilson doesn't watch football. But that's that's not my point here. My point is let's not get too excited. Okay, there's still those guys up in New England who have something to say about it. Uh, we look at the NFC and the Niners. 
There's still some guys up in Seattle that have something to say about them. Shit, there's still many uh, Minnesota that still have something to say about that. Let's Shh. let's not get too fucking carried away with. Well, we know what the Super Bowl matchup is, and we get a preview of it this weekend. Just let's pump the brakes, or we're all going to look very stupid. And I know this because I look very stupid based on some of the shit that I've said. And I learned that lesson the hard way on Monday night because a team that I thought was going to be the best team in the league for five years all of a sudden looks like it's not even one of the top ten teams this year. So let, let's let's all let's all chill out. I know that it's fun and exciting to talk about Lamar being the greatest quarterback ever, but let's let's fucking wait and see. Okay, that that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> and you didn't come you didn't start quick enough oh god i, sh- I shit <laughs> we've got all these teams we've got Bye. we've got the packers the niners the vikings patriots the ravens uh buffalo is another one dallas even we've got all these teams that are in the playoff picture and none of them have played anybody or at the very least none of them are consistently beating good teams like all of those teams have ugly losses against good teams and they've all they all also have bad losses. The Vikings lost to Chicago. Um, you know, the Bills lost bad games. Fucking uh, New England got owned by the Ravens. Like all of these teams, none of these, none of this upper echelon of teams has asserted themselves as a truly great fucking team. So let's see how these next few weeks play out before we decide who's great and who's shit in the NFL. I just, a little patience is what I'm here to preach. That that's that's what I have to say. I'm going to talk now before uh, he gets going. All right. My, my own worth <laughs> Um No, my, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, I, I think, I think it's hard to deny that, you know, Lamar Jackson is, I mean, I think, I think it is, it's a, I think it's a closer MVP race than you're giving it credit for right now. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, Russell Wilson is that team, but I also think Lamar Jackson is that is at least Hundred percent is that offense right now. Uh, Joe Flacco is not doing what Lamar Jackson is doing. Um, I think it's going to be a close race down 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 the uh, down the stretch here. So it'll be fun to watch uh, for who's going to win the MVP. I just um, I just want to say I just want to say okay, Mike Vick never got to a Super Bowl, and Cam Newton got throttled in the one he got to. We've seen this happen before. Law of averages says that Lamar Jackson is not the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Now he's playing really well. I'm excited. It's fun to watch. But like, let's let's see it happen before we decide. Okay, that the league has changed. That's now I'm actually going to stop and let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, my one more thing. I'm gonna since since one the one side of the one more thing was spread with hate and vitriol. Um, I'm gonna give some compliments. I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice. Um, I've talked a lot this 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 episode and uh, you know in the last couple of weeks about the Titans, right? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say though, I think my favorite running back to watch right now, other than Delvin Cook, of course, is Derrick Henry. Oh God, yeah. And here's why. For a couple of reasons. One, he is just actually fun to watch because he looks like when he's running the football, he looks like a guy who's like lost his footing running down a hill and he just can't stop going. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he always looks like he's doing. He's all, he like when someone says like, they always say when a uh, player is running downhill, like he is literally always running downhill, <laughs> just like the way he stands and like his running, his, his running uh, tech, like style and technique is very, he just looks, he's standing like almost straight up. Um, and he just always looks like he's going straight downhill. The dude is a freak. Mm-hmm. Like he is huge. This even is going back to college and, and kind of go that in, into a second, go into that in a second. But like he is huge. 
but then he also just outruns people. Mm-hmm. Like he outruns some of the fastest cornerbacks. That he had a 74-yard touchdown and he just outran everyone. It was insane. Um but going back to that, so he's an Alabama Alabama running back and I'd say over the last decade or so, Alabama running backs, especially first round or you know like I guess Heisman <laughs> Alabama running backs have not fared well. Um, we look at a guy like Trent Richardson, no, former number one overall pick, complete bust. Eddie Lacy had a couple okay years, and then is out of the league. You know he should be in a prime in the prime of his career right now playing football, out of the league. Um, Mark Ingram even like as a guy, he, former Heisman winner and played well with the Saints, like just never blew up the world. And now he's finally you know playing super well because he's on a he's in a better situation for in terms of you know his style of football and also being the top guy. But Derrick Henry. His first season in the league, he's he's a second round running back. So you know because of his style and and how big he is, you know he didn't he wasn't looked at as a first round pick. But for second, so he's a second round running back. Rookie year was terrible. wasn't was barely on the field. was not efficient. He was I think he's averaging like under three yards a carry even his rookie year. And then halfway through last season, it wasn't until the Jacksonville game that he got on a streak. And ever since that game, he has been on fire. He has looked amazing. He is so fun to watch. Against good defenses, bad defenses, doesn't matter. He is putting up yards. He's just he is he is so fun to watch. And uh, so Derrick Henry, kudos to you, kudos to the Titans for getting a quarterback. It'll be fun to watch. I'm excited for him. I love yeah. You talk about those Bama running backs, and historically not great, but right now you've got Mark Ingram who's playing crazy well. I loved. I hated watching him run over Rams players, but I I kind of loved watching him run over Rams players. Um, so you have Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, you talked about, and Josh Jacobs runs, they all run, they run violent and I don't know what Mm -hmm. they're, what they're giving those kids down there at Bama, but right now in the league, those Bama running backs are are looking Mm -hmm. really sharp. They're, they're fun guys to watch. I'd agree with you on that. I think it's because they're running up against those big ass fucking, the, the, the defenses in the SEC are tough. And I think that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and even Kenny, Kenny and Drake is also a, a, a uh, Alabama running back as well. He was a backup there, I think, with maybe Derrick Henry. Oh. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's he's playing well too with the Cardinals. He's getting he's on a he's in a better situation and playing really well. So good to see because there was a long stretch where Alabama running backs were going, you know, obviously with Trent Richardson number one overall, and they were kind of busting for for a little while. So um, good to see that they're that they're actually you know uh, picking up and and earning that that spot. And you know, I I am happy to see Derrick Henry. Because I've always liked the way he, I mean, some of those those national championship games, he's just, his he has some of the sickest stiff arms you, you've ever oh seen, especially in college. And so seeing him do this now in the NFL, it's finally, I think it's finally clicking. He's finally hitting the holes. And when he is, when he gets a, just that acceleration going, it's, it's, it takes a, it's someone huge or someone like really talented to bring him down because he's a tough guy to get down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't forget when you're watching your Derrick Henry highlights that the guy he the guys he's running past and more importantly the guys he's running over are huge freak <laughs> men that are pro athletes yeah. and he's embarrassing all yep. of them. It's hilarious. It's like watching a dad play football with a bunch of kids sometimes with his runs. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, and and if you think about it too, like when he was at Alabama, guys he's playing against in practice were the Alabama defense, which they always have six, seven guys drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was playing against some L- almost NFL caliber defenses too. So. Yeah, I mean, very impressive. I'm happy to see that he's actually playing well. Special stuff. We love Derrick Henry and the Bama running backs, but let's not let's not get too fucking excited about him. Okay, Seth, let's let's chill out. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, here we go. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, one more 
nothing. All right. That's the end of, uh, I look up now and see an incredibly long uh, SoCo sports show, um, which uh, was filled with a, a few rants, probably um, a lot of which were my fault. And I take full credit and uh, I have no symp- or remorse for them. So yeah, the, uh, the tagline for this show is a uh, few rants, no pants. So. <laughs> Uh, I went on more rants this week than the Rams scored points. That's um, that's the one dig I'll get in on L.A. here. But um, anyway, don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to the show. You'll get new episodes of this every Friday and of the main show every Thursday. Uh, hit up the Anchor page to become a contributor. Um, shouts out to Jared B., Mike V., and Fuck You for being our uh, contributors so far. If you want to be a contributor, head over to Anchor. Or uh, if you want to help us out, just keep sharing our episodes out and keep giving us clicks. Uh, That is highly helpful, so we appreciate that. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. We hope you guys all enjoyed your holiday and um, enjoy the the football games that are coming up this weekend. We'll be back uh, to recap week number 13 um, in seven days. So until then, I've been Coco Rabbit. He is Seth Ott, and we will see you next week. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite.